Hello and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to the new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And folks, we are starting today's show with breaking news coming the way of our good friends and friends of the community. The Video Games Chronicle broke a huge story this morning at 9 a.m. And we're going to break down exactly what that is. Of course, it's concerning the initiative and the mass exodus that had happened last year that we're just now learning about. So there are a lot of questions to be had about what happens to the initiative, what happens to Perfect Dark, what happens to Crystal Dynamics. But listen, normally we do introductions, but we do have a guest with us today that is on limited time. And we're going to get him in right away to get his opinion and talk about what is going on. And before, you know, before we do that, I do want to bring up the article that I have pulled up in front of me. And again, this comes to us from the videogameschronicle.com. They dropped this this morning. And the headline title says, Insiders Describe a Fast and Furious Exit from Xbox's Perfect Dark Studio. And, and according to the article, as much as half of the core development team has quit in the past year, and this is, but the initiative manager says that it's confident that it has, it's confident in the team that it has. Now, just to give you folks a breakdown of who has left the studio, and according to the article, once again, game director Dan Newberger, design director Drew Murray, who announced his last year that he was going back to Insomniac Games, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal word builder uh, uh, Joel Jan Myers, and two senior designers, plus a group of three former God of War designers, plus more. According to the LinkedIn page, the initiative now shows less than 50 people uh, when duplicates, former employees, and erroneous listings are removed. Uh, and, and currently, according to the article, has just three roles advertised for, for filling positions on its website. Now, here is... Uh, the uh, what the initiative's manager told BGC, it's confident in the team. It has in place, and the new talent joining and pointed to industry-wide staffing challenges during the pandemic. OBM, let's get your opinion on this, brother. This is the big story. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, first of all, boom, I got to say thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I know we're getting right into it today. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's good to it's good to be on a day show with you. You know, today I'm on here incognito, off camera, uh, just in case uh, anybody at work decides to take pictures. You know, uh, I'm not unlike some people in the community. I'm not here to to take videos and, and show them so I can prove to where I <laughs> to prove to everybody where I work. Uh, at least but, you're yeah. not doing surgery <laughs> on someone. Yeah, that's what right. I was hoping. You're not doing surgery right now, are you? <laughs> no, no surgeries. Uh, in fact, I got a bold Chipotle in front of me. It's my lunch break. So, uh, but definitely wanted to come to pop by and talk about this. And, you know, one of the reasons is like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of takes on, on uh, you know, social media and, you know, I think you know me a little bit, boom, by now, like in terms of kind of like where I like to come from. Uh, I, I generally try to take a more, uh, not try to take, I, I'll just naturally take a more, you know, nuanced approach to a lot of these things. And, and you know, I, I find generally if you, if you try to generalize something, um, you're going to miss, right? And, you know, nothing, usually these situations are pretty complicated. So obviously, you know, what we learned today is that 
it's things that the initiative aren't going very well. This does look like a studio that uh, that's you know having struggles. I think when it, whenever you lose fifty percent of your talent to a new studio, uh, especially you know a studio like this that that's mostly brought in people that are in you know key high level positions. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's telling you that this is, uh, you know, this is a new studio that's, that's, that's struggling. Right. And, uh, I, I don't really think there's really any reason to try to, you know, control, you know, damage control that or, or, or say that that's not happening. Cause it does, it looks like they definitely are going through some struggles and I, I would venture that, you know, there's probably multiple reasons for that, you know, and I think that people, you know, we're looking at that it's in the context of, you know, Microsoft that's, you know, recently we, you know, we learned that Rare was going through struggles and we know that 343 has had, you know, leadership challenges in the past. And, you know, they obviously they've had, uh, I remember Josh Holmes when he did an exit interview off of there and was on a podcast, talked about how they had, you know, a lot of their struggles through uh, Halo 4 and 5's development were because they had a bunch of creatives in the room, uh, multiple cooks in the kitchen, and they really couldn't get on the same page. Um, and so, like, they would waste a lot of development time. And it sounds like there's some of that here as well. Um, yes, that th- it definitely appears to be. Look, we were talking in the green room, and I don't mean to cut you off, OBM. Yeah, no, uh, go you ahead. You know, when, when, we, when we were talking in the green room, one of the points I brought up, and, and, I, and I, I've showed this concern – uh, going back many, many uh, PG, uh, T- PGD episodes ago, every time you heard Microsoft was making, uh, a, 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 you know, hiring someone, they mm-hmm. were in their in their field an executive chef, meaning that they were running yeah. their own kitchen, right? Yep. And um, that was a, that was a significant amount of the people that Microsoft was announcing. Hey, this person from God of War team joined the initiative to make a you know perfect dark and then so on and so off and what what eventually end up happening and again this is my and uh you know uh my, my theory on it there were a lot of executive chefs in the room and mm-hmm. unfortunately there weren't enough cooks and maybe everyone wanted to do their own thing and they couldn't get on the same page the same way and people started to get frustrated and they left that, that but uh, am i onto something with that obm no, I think you're. I think you're exactly right, and and I and I even uh, you know I would even say that the article kind of points that out too, right? Like they talked about the fact that people came in here thinking, "Hey, like we're starting something from the ground floor. It's fresh. It's uh, it's going to be ambitious. I'm going to I'm going to get a chance to kind of help build the studio." And then what they found is that they really didn't get the say that they thought they would have in building that studio. And I, you know, I remember like back in you know when this studio was starting up. Uh, coming up with my own theories, like not based on any inside information or anything, but it's like, man, the, there's a lot of like high level creatives in here. It's like, there's no way they could be only working on a single game or uh, like they, maybe they got multiple projects. You know, maybe this is going to be something where they're going to spin up multiple different projects and hand. That's and exactly hand them what off. I said publicly as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's not out of the realm of, of, you know, possibilities or, you know, it's not like we don't even have precedent for that because we even see that within Microsoft, uh, one of their own studios in Obsidian, right? Like they have what, four or five teams. You have Josh Sawyer, who's led huge projects in the past doing a smaller game over there. Uh, they got the, you know, the team that just did the, uh, the outer worlds and that's separate from their, their big, you know, Skyrim ish project in, in avowed. Right. So you see that they have different creatives working different things. And so my thought is, well, maybe they're going to do the same thing here and hand it off. That was just all theories. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, their main game right now is perfect dark. 
Uh, and that main game is currently, you know, being developed by Crystal Dynamics at this point. Um, so I think there's still a lot we don't understand in terms of what their philosophy was. Like, is that was that the initial goal? Um, it sounds like from some of the uh, from the former employees that they weren't getting the say they wanted. It sounds like, you know, maybe uh, at the very top, the, there's a lot more of a top down sort of management style. Um, and it's not that that style doesn't work. We've seen, you know, Rod Ferguson had a, had a similar style, right? Like, and we've seen that be very efficient for the coalition who's, you know, who's done some, who, who's, you know, been very efficient, put out some high quality games. Uh, obviously there wasn't a lot of, you know, creative freedom. Most people that were coming to that studio knew we're working on a gears ass gears game. And that's pretty much what people got. <laughs> yep. And, and I thought and it was so, fantastic to be honest with my favorite in the series. Yeah, I mean, and, and so like, and I guess so. This brings me to like my next point, and, and I think really my main point because you know I've heard a you know heard a lot of you know real, again real generalized takes like hey Microsoft is being way too hands off here they need to recorrect they need to correct things and and maybe they do in specific situations but you know I go back to what was the initial goal. Uh, of Microsoft, which is to have a diversity of studios. Uh, and when you have a diversity, they're going to have different needs. Um, they're bringing in different cultures. They feel like they can learn from that. They want to have a place where, you know, where it's a, it's a good place to work. It's not toxic. It's not going to be crunch culture. And, and I think, you know, in, 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 in striving for that, going from the other extreme, which was a lot more like, you know, it was a lot more data driven. These are the games that are going to sell. These are the games we're going to make. And we wanted to have co-op and all that, you know, like there was a lot of, there was a lot of, I think it was a lot more hands-on before uh, and a lot more limiting in terms of what, what types of games they would fund. And so like you, you kind of look at it in that context and you say, okay, yeah, there is definitely um, been some opportunities, right? Like we know, we've already talked about like some of the struggles, but you have to put that in the in the context of the bigger picture and what they're trying to achieve. And, and I do think that when you have different cultures, and we we see that you know they brought in all these studios, a lot of them were um, were stood up and were successful to some degrees by themselves. Obsidian, Ninja Theory, Playground Games, uh, you know, uh, Double Find. Like we've seen studios that. They're bringing in, and in general, they've had studios with established cultures, established leadership. They have an identity. And, you know, different cultures, and anybody who's worked for multiple companies can tell you, or worked for multiple management styles will tell you that different companies uh, and even different teams are going to have different needs. Uh, and I would even say that even when it comes to to workers, not everybody thrives under the same type of style. I have, you know, I tend to be like from a management standpoint, be uh, give a lot more autonomy and, and more hands off, which I think allows people that are great to really kind of shine. But I also find that it, it's a struggle. Uh, and and it's, it was a struggle for me for certain other people that have thrived under more micromanagement or more hands-on approaches, right? So different, I think different philosophies are going to require different um, different people uh, in, you know, in, in, so it's not a one-size-fits-all. And I, and I find that a lot of the takes you're kind of seeing are trying to apply that. And in this particular situation, I, where I think the mistake was, 
it, 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 they kind of like laid the groundwork for us. We're going to be this kind of studio and you're going to make have an impact. And that's why we're bringing you in Mr. Established, Mr. or Mrs. Established, uh, you know, creative leader. And, and they got, came in there and they're not having that same impact that they want, that they envision they're going to have. And, and, and so they're going elsewhere to where they can have that impact. Right. And, it's the same thing. And if you are a, a person that has those sort of, you're like a change agent within the company. If you are somebody that uh, is innovative, that has big ideas, maybe sometimes you have to go to like a smaller company in order to have that impact. Uh, and, and so I think Microsoft right now is what they're trying to do is they're running this really, really big gaming division. And they're trying to allow for a lot of smaller companies to kind of run like smaller companies within that. And there's going to be, again, some trials and tribulations. There's going to be some failures within that. But I still think if I were to, you know, look at it from a from a higher level, I'd rather they start here and then maybe make your individual corrections from there than where they were. But uh, that, and that's kind of like from, you know, fr from a from a high level, that's kind of where I look at it. Um, but that's why I don't think the doom and gloom is necessarily um warranted i think this studio you could definitely say i have lots of questions about well you know are, can they get it back on track but i also look at the 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 perfect dark game itself um the fact that daryl gallagher and this is the other interesting thing that goes to my point daryl gallagher had success when he led crystal dynamics yes with the tomb raider reboot and yeah. now that now he's back to that <laughs> So he's bringing Perfect Dark Dark back to the studio that's basically going to do what he says he wants them to do. That's what they're hired for. There's not going to be the, the same creative pushback from them. And so, so maybe now it gets on track. Maybe now they can start to work efficiently. Uh, maybe now this is, this is what this game needs. Uh, that still leaves questions for the initiative going forward. But I think at least if you're looking at, maybe you can break those two things apart and say, Perfect Dark is probably not like a lost cause or I wouldn't doom and gloom that because I think Crystal Dynamics and Daryl Gallagher is a match that's worked in, in the past. Uh, and I can I have a strong that, suspicion yeah. to, to your point regarding uh, Daryl Gallagher and uh, and running Crystal Dynamics. Listen, folks, uh, yeah. I, we've talked about this before. Uh, I think what this this particular situation does is either speed line the acquisition because they're going to join xbox game studios i mean the way the way listen all you have to do is go back to the way that square enix threw this entire development house under the bus publicly on a tweet no less so it's it's highly it's highly unlikely they're going to stay there it's high even a higher likely hood that they're going to join microsoft and be under the tutelage of daryl gallagher uh, you know, obviously Drew Murray was there. He has worked as, at Crystal. He left last year. He was uh, Drew Murray himself said his daughter was playing the game uh, before he left, and that she was quite enjoying it. So I, I, I just want to throw throw it out there to everyone before we get OBM, uh, you know, out of here uh, and get, let us finish his last point. There's there's no doom and gloom here. Crystal Dynamics, that that same team. Now listen. Whether you loved or hated Avengers, the game was a solid game. The problem is that Square Enix wants it to be a money-making game led by and fueled by microtransactions instead of fueled by a single-player story. That's why that game was ruined. But all you have to do is look at what, what, what they did prior to that, and that was Tomb Raider, uh, the, the, the second Tomb Raider, which was um, 
by far my favorite in the series. So I, I think, but again, this is not going to be a doom and gloom podcast. There's a lot of, of questions that need to be asked regarding management within Microsoft. We will ask those questions and potentially have some answers in our opinions. But again, oh, we, I'm just finish your, your final point before we get you on out of here. Yeah, no, and, and actually, I'll probably uh, put myself on mute and keep eating my bowl of Chipotle until nice. I hear something else <laughs> to pop oh, yeah, in. You're welcome uh, to hang I, around, brother. You're welcome I, to hang around. I, I got a few more minutes. But yeah, okay. um, you know, the last thing I'll say, because I would definitely want to give everybody else a chance to, to kind of say their thoughts. But, you know, like I said, uh, you got you to look it just goes back to the big point. You got to look at things in the whole, uh, on the whole, I still think there's a lot of, you know, we just saw double fine probably release their best game, right? Kind Ever. of having the same, Ever. yeah, have, having the same sort of like freedom, but just getting that more support. I think you're going to find that over time, you know, once this thing plays out, you're going to see a lot of success stories, but this won't be the last, I, I you know, it's probably not going to be the last challenge. And I think the biggest challenge is probably come from those studios um, that that Microsoft didn't buy with established external cultures, right? And I think the ones that you're seeing that are really going to thrive in this are those ones that come from the outside that already were were well led that that knew who they were, but they just needed some more resources and they just needed not to worry about where the next paycheck was coming from. Um, yes. The ones. The ones that are going through the transition, and we're seeing it with 343, we're probably going to see it with Coalition as good as they've been now that Rod Ferguson's gone, you know, rare or things like that. They're probably going through more of a transition where they're going to have to find themselves. Like maybe they're, you know, it's like they're going from a different sort of, you know, high level philosophies. And I think that's okay. And it's okay to just admit, it's okay to admit when there's problems, uh, but also understand that that's not, that doesn't define the, the greater soul, the, the greater whole. So I'll let everybody else speak and I'm going to sit here and eat and uh, I might chime in again. Yeah, absolutely. Pong So listen, one of the things that we started to immediately see, especially on the people who have a distaste for Microsoft is that Microsoft is dead. Oh, it's over. The initiative is closed. Uh, uh, Crystal Dynamics is, is crap. Uh, you know, Perfect Dark, wow, it's another, uh, you know, 60 meta game, which if you are one of these people, leave the podcast right now because we don't need you here. And I certainly don't need your view or your sub. Um, we are here to talk about this in, in, a, in a general conversation because we're not in the room. I'm not one of the executive chefs making, making this game, so I can only speak. Uh, is it troubling? Is it concerning that there are these kind of manage managerial issues going on at Microsoft? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There, there, no one's going to sit here and try and deny that. But with that said, there's no reason to suggest that Crystal Dynamics is not going to come in and make an incredible game with the reboot of Perfect Dark based on – and you know what? Before we get to Yapong, I just want to read some of the quotes from – the uh the 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 manager from uh, the initiative who who told who sat down with VGC during this interview and this is what they had to say pong it's no small task to build a studio and reinvent a beloved franchise and this comes directly from studio head Daryl Gallagher who sat down with VGC in creating the initiative we set out to leverage co-development partnerships to achieve our ambitions, and we're really excited about the progress we're seeing in our relationship with Crystal Dynamics. And that's probably thanks to him because he obviously was the head of that studio. In this journey, it is not un uncommon 
for there to be staffing changes, especially during a time of a global upheaval over the last two years. And there's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic, perfect dark experience to our players. We wish all of our former colleagues the very best, and I'm confident in the team we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with the fans. I'm going to be honest with you. I look at that, I read this coming directly from the head of the studio, and I'm extremely confident. I'm not being a fanboy, I'm being a realist here. I don't see where the fla- where the where, where there should be some concern, where the game is not going to be, they're not going to deliver a great game. Pong, what are your thoughts on this breaking news? Well, well, well. Um Look, One Bad Mother brought up a lot of good points. Him and I are in a lot of an agreement as far as the mindset here. I'm always a – people who have heard me speak, most of the time I'm a glass half full kind of guy, right? So, look, this is growing pains. When people ask or criticize Microsoft and Xbox for buying all of these studios instead of building their own studios – this is a perfect example of why it's not just as simple as, hey, we're going to shake and bake and make a brand new studio. That's not how it works. You have to, when building from the ground up, establish so many different ideas and philosophies at a brand new studio that sometimes you're going to see these growing pains. And this is what happens when you bring a ton of creatives together all in one spot. Now, what I will say is that this is not necessarily an Xbox. This would be more on Daryl Gallagher, right? Because he is the lead of the studio. He is the head of the studio. He is the face of the franchise, as they say in sports. Daryl Gallagher, we don't know, right? But everything we heard initially about the initiative and all the great articles that were written about it and all this kind of stuff was, it seemed like they were trying to create this collective of some of the best creatives in the industry and they were going to brainstorm and lay the groundwork for uh, a franchise like perfect dark. And that was going to be their role. And they were going to stay small. They were going to stay nimble. um, And they were going to just get the basics done and then hand it off or bring in other people like we saw with crystal dynamics to finish the main building. And, Maybe what happened in there is that when they brought a lot of these creatives on board in the beginning, the idea was, hey, this core group of people, we're all going to have somewhat of an equal voice. We're all going to bring all, you know, our big brains together and we're going to kind of share this. And that in concept is fantastic. And in some, you know, but in practical effect. Practically, yes, it does. It may not have worked out that way once they got down to the business of actually putting together Perfect Dark. And so Daryl Gallagher, as the head of the studio, right, and as somebody who has led big teams before, he shifts back to a more natural role like, hey, this is all great. We can all sit around, talk, brainstorm all day. We got all these great ideas. But at some point, somebody's got to take the lead and we got to get down to business. And Daryl Gallagher, you know, Again, being experienced, started re-going back to that leadership role again and saying, nope, we got to get this done. Final decisions got to be made. I'm going to be the man making those decisions here. We're not going to have this continuous kind of 
uh, you know, again, we're not going to have this continuous kind of shape shifting game here. We've really got to put this down and get going on it. And maybe, maybe because people came in with the idea that the initiative was going to be this more free flowing company, when that shift happened or that philosophy kind of kicked in, some people just said, Hey, this is not what I signed up for. Right. And this is not what I was coming from. A lot of these people came from God of war came, you know, came from Sony Santa Monica, uh, you know, came from naughty dog. And we've heard rumblings, from those studios as well, that not all things are great over there as well. This is what happens again. When you get a bunch of creatives together and people who believe in their own visions, as much as they believe in the group vision, sometimes it's just going to be people that are dissatisfied. And like I said, if they were originally sold on an idea and maybe that idea changed as they got going, well then, Hey, you're going to leave. Like one bad mother said, anybody who's worked for multiple different types of management styles, Some work for some people, some don't work for other people. So again, in this industry right now, especially the biggest resource, the most highly sought after resource after time is people, is devs. So these people are going to have opportunities to go elsewhere. They're going to have great opportunities. Their resumes are going to be some of the best in the business. So yeah, if they're unhappy with the way things are moving, going to leave right they have those opportunities to do so it sounds like a lot of this stuff has happened as contracts have come up they just have not renewed contracts they decided to move on but at the end of the day that may not be a bad thing right so you bring in crystal dynamics you have the basics the foundation laid we know for a fact that the game was in a playable state at least the outline of the game was in a playable state we had plenty of that phil spencer had even played it a little bit So you bring in a veteran crew, Crystal Dynamics, who, again, we spoke about this when the Crystal Dynamics was announced and people were like, what's going on here? Why? What's going on with the initiative? Why are we bringing in Crystal Dynamics? We talked about this directly on the show, Boo. Those people are used to Daryl Gallagher's voice. Daryl Gallagher, as the head of that studio, is the man who's making the decisions on this game, has now brought in a whole crew of people who who are used to working underneath him. And therefore, that stabilizes everything. And now yep. they can build the entire game out as expected, as they initially planned. That is fantastic. I have no worries about the game itself, Perfect Dark. I think it's in great hands. I think they probably have a good portion of it made or at least finished as far as the ideas and what they're doing with it. Crystal Dynamics is going to be the builders that come in. And, you know, put up the walls, put on the roof, all that good stuff, (laughs) put in the plumbing, electricity, all that, right? That's what they're there to do. Now, going forward, now you've kind of established the philosophy of the initiative, right? And if Perfect Dark comes out and is a great game, Daryl Gallagher, you know, and and whoever's left there at the initiative will now have a functioning philosophy, will have a basis for their own design and the way that they're going to move forward. So now they're going to be able to hire people that fit that mold instead of the beginning when they kind of were just kind of all over the place and kind of didn't have, you know, they're kind of trying to find their spot, how they were going to do this, how they're going to work this. And, and then the people that did not agree with that kind of have filtered out. Well, now you're going to be able to bring in people that actually do work well underneath that style. 
And I think going forward, that means a stronger company. But again, this is just part of growing pains with a developer. We see this everywhere. Yep. Microsoft, like like you pointed out, Bloom, like one bad mother had pointed out, Microsoft has really gone to the far ends to say, nope, our studios run themselves. We're going to be hands off. Take as long as you need. We're just here to support you guys. Whatever we're going to do to make the process easier, let us know. And I think that's going to be a that's a great way going forward. We've seen some great things come out of that, like Psychonauts 2 already. It's just that some studios, some management styles may take a little bit longer underneath that way of doing things. But that's okay at the end of the day when you're talking about a collective of this many studios, especially when you add in Activision and Blizzard. Yes, there are going to be some times where you look at it and go, ah, could they have done better? Maybe they should have put a little bit more pressure on that team. Maybe they should have been a little bit more hands-on with that team. But at the end of the day, I'll take that over a micromanaged, hey, we're closing down studios. Hey, this isn't working out. We're canceling this project. Yeah, That kind of old-school Microsoft Xbox. I'll take this form any kind of day of the week and allow these creatives to do what they do best, even if that means sometimes, sometimes there's some of what seems to be a chaotic kind of situation or an unorganized type of situation. I'll take that any day of the week. So again, I'll look at this as glass half full. Um, is it is it certainly something to talk about? Yes, you never like to see this much talent leaving um, a studio in any way, shape, or form. It always does raise some flags there. But when it's a brand new studio where you've brought in people from all over the place that are used to all different types of management and you see at the end of the day that, hey, some of them just didn't work out, that that's going to be part of that process. And I don't I don't think that it's it's oh the initiative is closing down or this is a failed experiment. I don't think so in any way, shape or form. If Microsoft and Xbox do wind up picking up Crystal Dynamics, folding them into the initiative, I think you've got. A brand new studio, I don't know if you can call it brand new anymore, but a newer studio that is in a good position to succeed going forward uh, into the future. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you and OBM for that matter. I, I think what you guys are saying are, are, are certainly worthy of a conversation. And again, it's growing pains. Studio isn't being closed down. It's, uh, you know, failed experiment, potentially, because what they tried was to bring a collective of individuals into the mix that again, normally run their own chefs, uh, their own kitchens. And when, could, you, could, when yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Jump in OBM. I was going to, I wanted to, I wanted to really piggy, uh, really quickly piggyback on one thing. Uh, one point I didn't make initially, but I, but Pong, so you almost got there too. Um, when you were, when you were talking about like the, uh, you know, like, <clears throat> like the development culture and things like that. Yeah. The one thing people also have to remember right now, um, right now, it, it's really hard to hire people. There's more of a demand for talent right now than there's than uh, than ever, and there's a shortage of talent. And you're seeing that with the gaming industry growing as fast as, as it's growing and as bullish as a lot of these corporations are on on and wanting to get a piece of that pie. Um, you know, get, 
being able to hire and retain that talent is more difficult than it's ever been, especially now in this remote environment where people, uh, they're, they're, they can move. You can, you can live in the U S and now go work for a UK studio, for example. Um, so like, so that adds another aspect. So like when I'm hearing this, uh, that brings me to this other point. Like when you are hearing people say, does Microsoft need to pull it back? Do they need to get more strict again? Do they need to, uh, do they need to go add a little bit more crunch and all this other stuff? Remember what's happening with Activision Blizzard when they when they were not able to get it to have find enough te- they could not hire enough people to run Call of Duty so they started to have other studios that they uh you know not work on projects so they could work on that game right now um <clears throat> a, a lot of positioning yourself for the future is about creating a an environment where employees say hey that that's a co- corporation I want to work for because yeah. I don't need to deal with your shit anymore like am I yeah. allowed to say that um you know because yeah. they don't they, they don't have to deal with the, the shit anymore that they had to deal with in the past. And so uh, so I think a lot of this this stuff, and, and again, Pong, you're exactly right. Like this is, this is, um, this was a situation where it's, I think it's more of a Daryl Gallagher, situ, you know, um, issue where, you know, he set expectations that uh, weren't being met and that's why the people left. But I think when you like, when you take it up a level from there, no, I don't really think this means that Microsoft needs to be like, uh, you know, all of a sudden needs needs to become a lot more, uh, I don't know, like, maybe demanding is not the right word because obviously strict you always have how ex- they're, they're yeah. controlling. Controlling, yeah, controlling yeah. strict things like that because you again you need to lay the groundwork to hire. Pe- they need to hire lots more people based on what their ambitious goals are. Everybody does, and so now I, I think that's a good thing for the industry because it's putting a lot of these developers in situations where they can go to places and have more creative autonomy, have you know, uh, you know, less have a less of a grind that's going to burn them out of the the this career field long term so there's a lot of positives that come from that and so i just wanted to point that out as well because i think it's a factor that people don't really f- consider when they go oh you just need to go back and and you know uh this tighten studio the belt, so to speak yeah yeah, you know, yeah tighten up the shoelaces because people are just kind of loosey-goosey yeah i i don't i don't see a loosey-goosey uh, uh ideology there either I, I like i said i think the the it's it's to me anyway it's to me it seems clear that there were a lot of people that were brought in because of their talent. And at the end of the day, they were used to running their own studios. And in turn, they were not, maybe they weren't cool with having to answer to, uh, to Daryl Gallagher. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, we can only speculate to be honest with you, but if in fact that is the case, then I can see why people would be like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to go to somewhere else because a, they're paying more money. Because they need studio, uh, they they need people, and I, I'm going to be a creative lead, and what I'm going to say is going to go. Pong, anything else you'd like to add to this conversation? No, sir. I I wrapped it up. I I, I definitely, like I said, just glass half full right now. I think it's definitely something that uh, people should take a step back. Again, this is what happens when there's not a lot of news for Xbox, right? This is people start looking it's un, for it's things. And, I, mean, yeah. I, I still think it's big news, but it's I, big I still, news, I, I but it gets amplified. I, I think it's worthy yeah. of a conversation yes, to, to certainly um, yes. hash out that this should not be something that's looked at negatively. No, uh, there, no, it, not it, per se. It can be looked at critically. We can talk critically about it. Critically is the have, better word. Yes. Yeah, we can have some discussions about what yeah. it means in the long run. 
But again, at the end of the day, unless they come out and say, we scrapped Perfect Dark, the initiative has failed, uh, we're closing up shop, you know, unless that actually happens, look, at the end of the day, it's a wait and see approach. We have to see what comes out of it. And if Perfect Dark comes out as the game that we all expected, all of this will be water underneath the bridge. The initiative will go back to being considered in good hands. Daryl Gallagher, once again, as a veteran of this industry, uh, everybody will say, hey, well, that's just part of the process. This right. is what happens. And everybody's going to move on. So yeah. we're going to be all waiting for their next game, right? So that's that's what's going to happen here. I mean, and, and, and you know what? Let, let's bring Mav in on the conversation. Mav, here's the thing that's interesting. Um, when When we originally heard about the initiative, we weren't sure what this studio was going to be. And it was pitched to us by several higher a hierarchy of Microsoft that it was going to be a studio that laid the foundation for this mansion and that another team was going to come in and finish building this mansion. And of course, I'm talking about a game that seems like what is happening here. That is something that it was it was explained to us that could would that would happen they brought in Crystal Dynamics simply because of the relationship that Daryl Gallagher has with that entire team. He knows them in and out, and they know him, and they know what he wants, and they're all probably on the same page. And obviously, we saw that, that they announced during this VGC article that it was a turnover of 34 people in a year. And they used the word quit, which I thought... I mean, listen, it, people left the studio. Did they did they run out screaming and they quit or did they move on to something else? I, I, I don't know if quit is used properly, but I, I didn't write I, I didn't write the article. I will say that I'm not I'm not a stout defender uh, and will not turn a blind eye. You've, you folks, if you've been following me for a while, when Microsoft makes a mistake, I'm the first one to get up in front and, and, and talk about it constructively, which is what we do on this channel. And on this particular podcast, you know, real quick, let me uh, uh, shout out a couple of people. First of all, UK Lad has become a channel member. Thanks, dude. Super appreciate that. That is really awesome. We had some uh, super chats just come in from Drawn TJ. That's not one, but two. Wow. The first one is $20. And he says, it seems like those people who there uh, to start the game, their contract was up in Crystal, Crystal Dynamics is stepping in. Uh, they they announced the acquisition of them next year or at the game awards. Uh, they will be fine. Yeah, I, I listen. I look. My opinion on Crystal Dynamics stepping in to make a first party game uh, from Square Enix, who currently or still owns them, as far as we know, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. As as, as I'm not, I don't own a business. I'm just a podcaster, right? I'm a retired guy who likes to talk about video games. But from a practicality point of view, no one lends an entire studio from one publisher to another publisher. It's 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 it, we've never seen anything quite like that. So again, it's my opinion that the Crystal Dynamics joining XGS has been in the works for quite some time, and I and I say that with what happened and the way that that studio was treated publicly by Square Enix. Not only did their game flop, according to uh, Square Enix, but they they didn't have the talent to deliver the game that they originally pitched. And to say that publicly uh, and and not generate a a company-wide email to make your dirty laundry out there spells doom for me. So I don't think they're going to be working with them any further. And I think Microsoft is going to swoop in and bring in uh, Daryl Gallagher's old team. But Mav, you see what's going on. You've heard... 
what uh, Pong Soul and One Bad Mother has, has to say about the situation. Do you actually have any concerns, not just so much for what's going on with Crystal Dynamics on whether or not they can deliver a good game, because there's no, there's no doubt that they can, but is there an actual management issue that we that that maybe that's coming to head? I don't know. I don't think anybody actually does. Correct. That's the thing with an article like this, right? Is is uh, Pong made a great point too about you know there's not a lot of news with Xbox right now. So when you have like a, a gaming website or you have something and you're really trying to okay, there's not a lot going on. Let's dig into something. Let's see what we can find, right? Let's let's what's perfect dark going? Let's check on the initiative. You start looking for things. Oh my gosh, this is crazy! All these people left. Now we need to bring this out to the light. You know. Two months from now, we could see Perfect Dark at a game show, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, Perfect Indeed. Dark is amazing! Holy crap!" You know, it's like insane. Well, we have no idea what's going on, but sometimes the behind the curtain gets pulled back. We get to see a little bit of the process and the things that are taking place uh, that get these games to actually get in front of us. So, um, is this part of the normal process with them? Is it all contract based? Is it is it a mass exodus as some of the some of the article uh, says with some of the comments from the uh, developers uh, saying that, you know, I wanted more creative control pretty much that that's what I was promised. And that's one of the reasons I left. Is that a problem? If it's not, if that's the case and that's that's why they left also, because you know, like you guys are saying, if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, it can also create uh, problems. Right. Um, I've always been somebody that really likes these really, heavy creative led studios where you have a, a unified direction. I agree. Um, like yeah. Todd Howard, you know, and his team, they all get behind him, you know, and you have, you have similar uh, examples across, across gaming. You got Tim Schaefer, you know, um, a lot. And, who, and who wouldn't want to get behind uh, T- Tim Schaefer? That dude is one of the uh, industry icon. I love Tim. Yeah. And there's lots of legends across the space, right? That you can see and look at. And, oh my gosh, this guy pretty much invented this and this. And, and they have the respect of their entire teams behind them. So when you just like jam pack a lot of these people into one studio for the first time and say, "Hey, everybody, this is going to be our culture. This is what you're going to do." And uh, let's let's go. And you just seventy five new people all all at once within a year, right? Yeah, it's it's gonna not necessarily everything's gonna drive right away. Right. It's not that normal process of how all of these other guys started their studios. Right. Where you start with, okay, I have a dream. You know, you're going to, you're going to get, you know, a couple guys and then you're going to grow and you got to, you have to pitch a project and you got to start growing. And then you like really have all that passion and everything behind it. Instead, this is like Microsoft saying, hey, build us something great, guys. Dream team, go. It's not always, it's not always magic. It just doesn't happen like that, you know? So that's great. I love that. Dream team go, slap the five and go. That's kind of what it that's kind of what it was like pitched as, you know what I mean? So I like that. I, I think that overall, we don't really know. It's not there's gonna be a lot of doom and gloom and doomsday scenario with with a news article like this. And um, I'm not saying there's not stuff here worthy of conversation because we've had this conversation numerous times like you guys are also saying with 343 um and the other like created studios from within from microsoft where they're like okay we gotta we gotta build this team to make this kind of thing right we're gonna build this team to make this kind of thing um i this is 
again, why they've been acquiring all these studios and been hands off because they have a proven track record. They know how to get the job done. They make great games and all these things. And then people go and say, well, guys, they're acquiring the whole gaming industry. You know, like we just want games right at the end of the day. For me, I don't care how many cooks, how many chefs or whatever has to get that food on my table. As long as when I'm eating that food is good. Right. And when I play the perfect dark or whatever else games they may be making in the future at the initiative, I'm not necessarily going to be thinking like, Oh man, I wonder how good it would have been if those 30 people would have stayed, you know, I, if it's great, it's going to be great. And I want to see the game. The question I have is when are we going to see it? Now, if this is this actually have an impact on the timelines of things of us actually getting to get a finished product. Right. Um, I don't, we don't know that, you know, we yeah, don't know anything. Yeah, we don't, we don't. But, but the thing is this, when they announced that crystal dynamics was taking over the lead, I, I would imagine that, you know, again, we, we can only go based on what was originally pitched to us, right? We're, we are just podcasters. We are, we're not in the room. So what the initiative was pitched to right. us as building the foundation, handing off project a to developer B well, it was announced in September that uh, uh, Crystal Dynamics was taking over the lead development of it. So I, I personally, and again, this is just my opinion, I don't think that it changes the development arc because they handed off the project. Now, if you read the story, there were a lot of people that they interviewed that were former uh, employees at the initiative that felt frustrated because they yeah. were they were some of their work was stagnated because they had to wait for approval. From of course the, the the one person everyone reported to was Daryl Gallagher, and they didn't like that. So again, it could very well be there. You know, you hear about this all the time in like the MCU films. Uh, Todd uh, uh, Derrickson, who who made the original um, Doctor Strange, came in and he had pitched a horror based Doctor Strange too, and they originally were going to go with that, and then of course. The multiverse thing happened and they were like yeah we don't we're not really we want to bring in all these different characters we want to bring in uh you know different uh you know hold other dimensions and it didn't fit his uh the way he wanted to tell a, a doctor strange story so what what was happening it was a difference of opinion and he left the project and they hired someone else that kind of sounds like what might have happened here but again it's just speculation math yeah yeah, and this is something the kind of stuff I I mean I usually don't even really like to dive into this stuff, but it is a huge story, right? Because because of what what's out there, there's not a lot else going on. I really hope that Xbox Microsoft just comes out uh, and has some kind of gaming news or videos or trailers or something in the next few weeks. So that way we have more fun things to talk about other than how many people have left a studio and how many people have joined a studio, right? <laughs> You know, it's 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 worthy it, conversation, it but is. but we don't know how how much this happens across the board at other studios as well, right? Especially startups like this. There's not very many of these things that are started by these huge corporations. Like, okay, you know, we're gonna do this now. We're gonna grow, and this is is an interesting thing with the the initiative. The one thing I'll I'll say is that it's in very stark contrast to all of the other studios that they've brought in. Because yes, all of those yeah, videos have been growing exponentially, new new offices and all this stuff, where the, this team is, like, very different. You know what I mean? 
Like they they hired a certain amount of people. Some of them are still there. Some of them aren't. Uh, so it, it's just an interesting thing going on there. I don't know if it's anything to to be worried about because I don't know what their plans were to begin with, right? So uh, I don't know. We'll just have to play the game and see. Hey, well, Bowman, I, mean, uh, I, I got to yeah, head German, back. Uh, on. I, no, I was just going to say, I, I finished my bowl of Chipotle. Lunch is over. I got to head back <laughs> to work. <laughs> so I, I want to thank good? you. <laughs> yeah, it was, of course. It's always good. <laughs> Every, you know, anytime I'm not eating a bowl of Chipotle, I, I wish I had a bowl of Chipotle. So, you know, I, it was it was a good uh, show <laughs> to be part of. Uh, and, you know, I want to thank you for inviting me. It's always fun to come on, especially with the breaking news. Um, oh, and I think, you know, I, I, on to the point, uh, I think uh, to speak for Everborn, since he's not here, I, Microsoft could make this all, uh, could distract us away from this topic by buying Sega. So I just wanted to throw that I, You know what? I, I, I will pass that <laughs> along to uh, to Everborn, who will make him smile and potentially have a little slight little tear in his left eye. Um, but yeah, thanks for being here, brother. And again, congratulations on uh, episode 100. Congratulations on having Phil Spencer join you guys on yeah on on the show it was uh epic man to, to and i and i actually felt really guilty because i saw people like post messages that you guys played live and i'm like i didn't know that you guys were going to take anything because i would have did a video but uh, you know it listen it, it, big, big shout out to the entire team at at, at at xbox era you guys are doing you guys and gals are doing it right yeah you're not using hate as uh the lead for you know uh telling your story and you guys are just killing it and obviously you've been now uh, in 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 the, in the sites of head of Microsoft Gaming, uh, Phil Spencer. So once again, congratulations and thanks for joining us, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, and if anybody wants to find me, that's uh, that's where I'll be. Uh, and we got a Halo show coming up Thursday. So if anyone wants to talk about that, there's always there's always some controversy. There's there always too, room so. for Halo talk for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, always room it. for Jello, and there's always room for Halo, right? A- absolutely, uh, <laughs> brother. In- in- enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thanks again for joining us, man. Definitely appreciate right. that, Mav. Uh, listen, I, listen. You, you made some really great points, and all we have to do is look at three particular studios. You look at what's going on in Ninja Theory. They're not being pressured to make uh, to finish Hellblade 2. Hellblade 2 is going to get done when it's done. And they're going to deliver an incredible game. They're going to deliver an incredible new IP called Project Mara. You look at what's going on with uh, Obsidian. They're going to deliver Avowed, which they're not being pressured to finish. The game is going to be done when it's going to be done. And another example of, of what you were talking about with not having to put the boot on the neck, so to speak, is what Playground Games is doing with Fable. We've only seen a Fable uh, CG trailer, but we know the game is, is, is going very well, and you don't hear anyone saying that, oh, X, Y, and Z left the studio, so they're in trouble. So I, I feel that the Crystal Dynamics uh, conversation, is I, I think the studio is a very, very talented studio. I think Daryl Gallagher knows exactly what that studio could bring to the table, which is why they're working on Perfect Dark. And I and like, like I said, I, I think that it's, everyone has already said, and we'll get VJ and Joanna Dark's opinion next on this, that just because these studio heads potentially did not, I don't want to say get along. They had different ideologies and they were probably promised uh, you know, to run something, run the studio, and that's not how the studio was being run. I, I don't know. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, I just think we got to all wait and see, you know? I mean, it's, it, there's not a lot of news. Like Pong said, this is going to happen when there's not a lot of news. We start diving in and digging, you know? Yeah. But ultimately, Xbox, this past two years, 
has been absolutely killing it and their track 100%. record across all of these other studios with the acquisitions and everything that they've been making nobody's still talking about that nobody's talking about how yeah. much in exile is growing how much ninja theory is growing how much compulsion is growing how much obsidian all these studios that are growing and investing in in and all these new hires all the time. Yeah, right? you hear it almost nobody's, on a regular basis with Microsoft. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Nobody's talking about that stuff. It's only like when there's not a lot of good news to talk about, we start, oh, Halo's in trouble. You know, oh, uh, you know, uh, there's nobody playing Halo anymore. What's going to happen here now? You know, is, is 343 going to get shut down? Does somebody need to take over Halo? You know, then there's like, okay, uh, whoa, we found something else now. The initiative. Oh, there's a bunch of people that left the initiative. Oh my god, is perfect dark in trouble? Oh my gosh, is are they gonna shut down the initiative? Oh no, let's 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 all freak out. You know, uh no, let's just chill out. We're gonna we're gonna get to play the game, we're gonna get to see the game at some point, and we'll know if it was good or not at that at that time. Right. Yeah, I, that, it doesn't matter to me. That's yeah, no, I mean, great point. Real quick, uh, Jerron TJ drops a very uh, uh, generous additional $10 super sticker. Thank you for the generosity. And we also have another super chat that came in from Eagles fan 76, generous friend of the program. He says when you put, after dropping a $5 super chat, he says when you put a team together early on, things don't always work great together. It takes time for things to fall into place just to keep your uh, 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 fall into place, just keep your goals set. Indeed, I absolutely agree. Mr. Joanna Dark, what are your thoughts of what everyone had to say? And, of course, this story, this new uh, breaking news story coming out of VGC. And, again, I, I, I think they, they do fine work over there. This is not me saying that they shouldn't have reported on it. I think that they're, they're fine to report on it. I'm happy that they did because now we have something – uh, that, that you know we can talk about and, and and of course from this angle we can't talk about it positively because i don't see them there being a huge downslide here i think that there are room for uh i, I don't want to use the word concern i think there's we can have a general conversation is there a management issue at microsoft well we don't know uh, but I, and i'm certainly not going to be the one to be able to fix that because again i'm, I'm not in, in working for microsoft do you see any concern with the amount of p turnover that's been happening at the initiative? Who is no longer, from what we understand, running the project? The project has now been handed off to Crystal Dynamics. I think that was something that they were originally going to do anyway. What What are your thoughts on this? And, and more importantly, is your wife, Joanna, okay? Is she worried? <laughs> so, Tom, Tom, you read my mind. You read yeah. my mind because... I was serious because I was hoping to update her LinkedIn to see where we can get her another job. Oh, you no. know, you know, maybe, maybe you should have her on the Nintendo. show sometimes. She'd have some great insight. So the way I want to I want to talk about this is, you know, everyone here brought some great points. Um, you know, I'm a sports person. I was going to bring sports analogies. We want to look at the Los Angeles Lakers this year, right? They brought in all this talent and they have the best player in the NBA, whether you disagree or not, in LeBron James. And what happened? They look great on paper, but they don't they didn't work out on the court. And sometimes, you know, you want to put the Beatles together, but you don't get the Beatles sometimes. And when you have a lot of talent, you know, one of the things that I've learned um, as someone who's worked with multiple teams is that sometimes people that have led or ran their own studios are not great uh, followers. And sometimes good leaders have to be great followers and you learn. And to another point uh, that I think one by mother and Pong was saying is, you know, there's high demand, right, for talent. So... 
sometimes you can look at the thing and say, hey, you know what? They're paying me good money. Maybe I go somewhere else where I can lead a team. And I think this team has what they have. And, you know, Daryl Gallagher has a different way of um, leading. And not everyone can be agile or nimble or, you know, kind of adjust to different leadership, you know, and I can't speak for everyone. You know, I've worked for different leaders. I've worked for leaders that are very hands-on. I work for leaders that tell me, hey, you go and run, you know, crash the car and then let's figure it out. You know, failure doesn't always mean something negative. It means that you learned something. And I'm not a developer. Point. And all I can say is, you, you know, if it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out. I think Boom, you said something perfect, right? No pun intended. Was that Maybe you had this whiteboard, right? And I do this with, with uh, we do this with our team, right? And we throw these ideas of what we want to do. But after we have the idea, okay, who's going to lead within my team to then say, okay, cool. Let me see how all these ideas come together and fit to the overall goal of what we want to achieve. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean you're not being heard. It just means that your idea at the moment doesn't make sense here and you can parking lot. Now, again, I am not, someone there at the initiative nor can i say maybe some ideas were overlooked um but maybe you know building a studio from scratch or building a team from scratch is not easy and sometimes you have to go through a lot of you know turnover growing pains things. yeah and you know i can give an example working at the microsoft store right i worked for the third retail microsoft store there was nothing in place but one thing that we did have was culture right and you have culture but what happened was through trial and error through learning through our things, we finally built solid teams amongst the many different stores that we had. Um, and what happened was, is as it started growing, that culture and, and, and those things we put in place started to expand. And what happened was anyone that came to the any Microsoft store, we had a compass, we had a mission statement, um, and we had a culture. So you knew what you were getting into. Now, if that wasn't for your cup of tea sometimes where people need to make decisions, unfortunately, yes, we, you always encourage to go somewhere else. Um, you know, I think everyone always wants to see something negative. And again, if there is something negative, it will come out and, 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 you know, everyone's more than, you know, able to say, Hey, you know, things need to change. Um, but I don't think that there needs to be the cracking of the whip. I think when Phil Spencer and the team and Matt Booty made these decisions, they're putting leaders in place. Matt Booty can't run all these studios. Correct. But what you can do is put leaders in place. And what you can do is kind of go back to the drawing board and say, hey, you know, whether it was Dower Gallagher, whoever you want to talk and say, hey, let's see what wasn't working. And maybe he said, you know what? I failed. Um, how about, you know, I see that Crystal Dynamics might be. How about you bring my team? They know how I work. They know what I demand from them. And let's go from there and make this game. And sometimes it happens. And sometimes you're not always going to make people happy. And some people will say, well, hey, did you have to go get external talent? Well, hey, I had a vision and maybe it doesn't align. And that's okay. Um, I think there's a lot of great talent. There's what, there was a pandemic. So on top of that, that people forget. So game development hasn't been easy overall. At the end of the day, like Map said, all I really care about is when I sit down that I'm playing a game and it's the game that I want. Um, and... And that's about it. I mean, if if we then go ahead and get something like, you know, like a crackdown or some other game, then I would understand that the trouble development did affect them. But I I think that what I have to look at this from from a perspective overall, what I've seen from, you know, Microsoft in general is that what's the point of making a game in turmoil when people don't want to be there? You're not going to get the best out of people. That's correct. Yeah. If, if, if you're, you're not, not, if your heart's not in it, you, the game is going to be crap. 100 percent. 
you rather make those decisions, take those licks. And as a leader, you know, you reassess, you realign and say, hey, just keep working, put your head down. You know, you know, people forget, you know, uh, Sean Murray, right? People criticize them for what happened with uh, No Man's Sky. What did that studio do? They knew they kind of went over their head. They put their head down and they worked. And look what it, No Man's Sky is right uh, now. And and it's, I just totally, think, my, it's one of my, my brother's favorite games of all time. He plays it like re- religiously. I think the importance and I think to Daryl Gallery is, you know what? Let me bring out the game that I promised to everyone. Whether mm-hmm. that game needs to be reassessed and maybe Chris Dynamics says, hey, you know what? Cool. I like what you had here. I like this framework. Let's go ahead and do some of these things. Um, I'm still positive that there's going to be a good game. I'm going to be happy. The wife is going to be happy. Um, and overall, people are going to enjoy it. We're going to forget about this. And, and, and my last point is, you're right. It's like in the military, right? When they used to come and do my inspections, if I messed up on something, guess what they used to do? They used to go even further because they wanted to see because I messed up on something. And when there's no news, you know, I can guarantee you if Microsoft threw out the Fable gameplay, we all forget about this. And we oh, like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it happens. And again, at the end of the day, I just see this as, you know what, it's something else. And like I said, when I see the game and everything, I'll be the judge of, you know, what happened. You know, look, I I, I still have high expectations for the game. I, I, I don't think this is going to be, uh, you know, when, when they tried to bring a fable into a, you know, 4v1 kind of a situation. I think you have the perfect team making this game. They know exactly how to tell a single-player, story-driven, narrative-focused game, and they've proven that time and time again. Like I said, maybe Avengers didn't sell like gangbusters. I, I think the game Boom. personally was... Yes, sir. Look what happened to Last of Us Part Two. All the things that came out. And what did they do? They finally delivered. Besides all the turmoil, besides well, the leadership I, I, of new drug I, would, I would disagree with um, Deliver. I think, I think it was well, a horrible every, experience. Everyone, everyone has their own opinions. I think... Me personally, I think Last of Us is a masterpiece in its own. And uh, know, Last of Us one, yes. Last of Us two, not so much. But again, but, just opinions. It's fine. And um, you know, look at Neil Druckmann's style. It may be clash with people, but at the end of the day, they you know they have delivered. And sometimes that's going to happen with leadership. You're going to clash with the way people do things. And sometimes maybe leaders need to also uh, grow personally um, to kind of improve and maybe retain that talent as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, l- let's bring in VJ on the conversation. First of all, VJ, welcome back to the program. Happy to have you here. Uh, uh, I mean, listen, you, you know, you've again, you've seen video games from both sides of the coin. We've mentioned that numerous times. I- I'm interested to get your take on the. Uh, I-, I I I you know, to be honest with you, I you know, your opinion on the game is important, and I I can't wait to hear it. But I want to hear the managerial aspect from your point of view, seeing the, as it was, as it was, uh, you know, it was painted in this picture from BGC, a mass exodus at leadership at the initiative. Um, I haven't seen the article. I just, I just saw that a director had left, but everybody made some really good points. So I just made a couple of notes as, as everyone was speaking. So let me start by saying what I'm, what i what I say may not be very popular, but I will caveat my suppositions because I think um, Pong Song made a really good point that everything is, you know, basically for outside looking. So there are suppositions, basically, by saying that let's remember that Halo Infinite and all the debacle that went on over there before the game release worked out OK. And at least an engagement of um, 20 million, is it, was it 20 million or something like that, you know, speaks positively to, to the to the game's final performance. So there's that to look forward to. Right. <clears throat> but the initiative 
um, is a first time out studio. So placing pressure on the studio by sort of creating an image or, or an ideal or a hope and desire of greatness because you like that specific IP or because, you know, they're setting up, you know, in the heart of Santa Monica um, isn't and something that isn't proven. It's you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and it's not entirely um, a productive, right? You're sort of setting yourself and perhaps even the Xbox community up for, up for disappointment. So, and I don't want to do that entirely, but I'm probably going to do it anyway. The, and I think you're right, Boom, that it's there's a way to deal with these topics, right? You can start sort of echoing, you know, all your fears and disgruntlements and so on and so forth. Or there's a, there's a way of looking at what's happened so far, because if you can look at what's gone on so far and where the weaknesses are, and as um, as um, as um, Mr. Joanna Dart was saying, you can then go on to um, you know sort of eliminate said issues within the studio or, or, or circumvent potential issues or improve on, on, on what's not working right now. But um, but the initiative, regardless of all of that, because that's all you know good and well to say, the initiative has a lot of question, question marks over it. And I've been one to raise those questions even a year ago, right? Um, and and the key, key, key questions and answers haven't been answered yet. And what I see so far is that the studio is is a is, a, is working on Perfect Dark and it's leveraging. And when I saw the concept trailer, um, it's it's leveraging the style and mechanics of the games that Daryl Gallagher has overseen in his career, none of which he directly and completely controlled, as he was as he's sort of doing so right now in the initiative, and that's including the games he and the studios uh, and the progress that he oversaw. I think he was had a stint over Activision right before joining. Um, before joining Correct. Um, mm-hmm. Microsoft. So, so, and I'm also, look, I know this is going to be unpopular. I don't understand this obsession with Crystal Dynamics. It, it doesn't have the talent it once had. In fact, it's it's moved on, especially since Daryl Gallagher left. And it's a, and it's a, and it, for me, it's more of a fallback plan. And, uh, and from Square Enix's side, it's pragmatic business because they're not going to produce the output that they need for, for them to, to currently move their business forward because they're having their own troubles at the moment. And I think they're just putting that on a hiatus. And if they can loan out a team of 30, 40, 50 or 100, whatever it is, to Xbox, right, it's, it's a cost-saving initiative, right? It's pragmatic business sense. So, and I remember Corey Barlow said, you know, after departing Crystal Dynamics, as going there as creative director, he's, he had suggested that, you know, ideas – that specific ideas that he had for games that he's he that he went to the crystal or to the to the crystal dynamics or whatever head of studios well while he was working there working on tomb raider and everyone sort of maintained he wasn't on the right track and told him flat out now and his response was well fine you know maybe this place best maybe this place isn't best for me anyway right so i'm paraphrasing this so forgive me if i'm wrong and we all know what Corey went on to do right with his ideas while the tomb raider reboot struggled to sell two to three million units at full price and, and square called it at the time a trifecta of slow uh, slow selling games and i think that was on square Enix's behalf i think that's the thing that runs true nine years later right because it seemed to be releasing the same sort of press releases now when it comes to uh, announcing their financial results and to compound the situation and this is why i was against daryl being appointed at the time is that to compound the situation the guy overseeing crystal dynamics at the time of uh, its heyday and uh, overseeing Corey's departure was none other than daryl gallagher so and <clears throat> and I think Mav made a really good point indirectly, uh, and it was I think it was an excellent point that if I was going to build a studio uh, as as elite as uh, the initiative in Santa Monica, 
and this is why I don't have that much sympathy, is that because you're employing a potential A-lister to come and perform, and he's not doing that with all the experience that he has. So I think excuses can't be there. And Mav's point was, you know, about Todd, and I'm saying you know, Daryl is not Todd, not in any, even in the same stratosphere. And I look on the other flip side of the coin. I hope Daryl's learned right various lessons from working at such major companies. But four years into the making of this studio, the outlook looks fragile right now. And unfortunately, you can't learn or harness the abilities that someone like, say, Sharon Suss still ha you know has. You know, who I think is over at Google still right now. So. So as I say, you know, and I think as everyone is saying, they all, we all want to have a, per, a perfect, perfect dark to play once it's released, and that's all fine, but the jury is out, right, based on the current and said historic facts. So, and, and the other thing about Xbox, you know, they don't have a talent ID problem, right? And it's not a question of issue, right? In fact, they and Google have sort of severely disrupted the pay for devs in order to eke out uh, some of the best talent, right, that LA has, right, and out of LA-based studios. And Xbox for me, ultimately have a leader or a general, you know, ID problem. And, you know, someone mentioned um, the Obsidian and, and um, Ninja Theory, but those are established studios that have clear vision holders, right? That, that when people come in, they're clearly communicated to that, look, this is how this studio works. This is how it's run. And those leaders have a specific aura or a spark about them. And for me, it's, what's happening now is a failure of communication, how the studio <clears throat> exactly operates when you go there to work there. And and <clears throat> people leaving now is, you know, disgruntled staff leaving or whatever is happening at the moment has got to be leveled at Daryl, right, for failure of communication. And I can tell you on the flip side of that as well is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that many went to the many devs went to the initiative for life-changing remuneration right and this is a fact right if, you, if you're not familiar with it i'd look it up right and th there's that to consider as well right and we said last week i think boom we were discussing about um, a lead leaving a specific studio and i said look it's a mid-tier position it's nothing to really worry about but directors leaving is something more serious or, or precarious you're losing a vision holder or a part of the vision holding team right and that can have an impact on what the game may end up being on so on and so forth. But that's irrelevant and at the end of the day, if like Mav said, is if it's the game I want to play. And I said, I said a year ago on this show when Daryl was appointed or two years ago when, when this issue came up or, or something about, we were talking about this. I said, look, you know what? When I see Daryl, I see him someone who's on Matt Booty's level and he should have replaced him. Um, but those two have a relationship that goes way back. And, and having said all of that, right, I... I hope the initiative um, can still change my outlook with a trailer this summer or, or winter or whenever it's going to be really revealed or even if the game's released three years from now, the budget or release date isn't an issue. And that should be able to ensure the quality. Like I said, Halo proved, right? It had far more problems, I would say, than, than what we're currently being exposed to in terms of uh, the initiative, right? And it worked out brilliantly. So, and ensuring the brilliance of this game, I think, is is something that's really important. And uh, you guys know Mr. Tushi, right? He's an extremely popular member of the community, and he is a diehard, huge fan of Perfect Duck, and no doubt he'll be sending me DMs and, and WhatsApps to, to have a go at me. But, and I'm happy to be eating humble pie, right, once the game's revealed or, or released, right? And uh, But as long as it comes with whipped cream. But uh, I think I'm going off subject now with whipped cream. Burnt no, pie. no. I mean, listen, dude, you know, Stuff Sean, who's a big fan of yours, said that you are dropping uncomfortable facts. And there are quite a people agreeing here. Now, listen, folks, this is just opinions. 
Uh, we are all we, we, we all don't agree. Um, I, I, I personally and just just FYI, if you if you want to know the actual number of Crystal Dynamics employees currently, according to the updated uh, LinkedIn, which I have in front of me, uh, they have three hundred and twenty five employees attached to the studio on LinkedIn uh, that are, are currently working for Crystal Dynamics in Redwood City, California. Uh, and that is a lot of people. Now, yep. is, 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 are all 325 people working on Perfect Dark? I, I couldn't say. I, I don't know. I'm not a fly on the wall. But mm-hmm. I can say that I think that the team, the core team that makes up Crystal Dynamics is extremely talented. I think that the people they're going to get to replace some of the folks that left the initiative, which are what we know now, now we now know is a total of 34 people have left the studio in, in under a year, whether they quit, whether they have moved on to bigger, better things, whether they resigned. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I know that the word quit was used in the article. I think it's a little inflammatory to, for me. That's just my opinion. But I, again, I don't know the inside tr- trading so, aspect of it. Yes, Avijay. So just, just a couple of things. Look, I may have dropped some uncomfortable facts, but if we can't drop uncomfortable facts, we'll never get to the root of the problem. I, dude, that if we can't is get the... to the root of the problem, we can't solve the problem, right? Yes, and 100%. Secondly, 100%. And secondly, look, I have no issue with Daryl going and, and enlisting Crystal Dynamics, right? Even if it is a fallback plan, and it may not have been, it may have always been the plan, but I find it hard to believe four years in. But the point I'm making is that it's like when you're playing Elden Ring, right? I'll try a new sword. Sometimes I have to go back to wield the tried and trusted and knowing that, that what they can deliver and, and that they'll deliver a good quality. It may not be ideal, but it will be good quality and go back and, you know, as I say, wield the tried and trusted rather than trying to attempt to build something that's not necessarily, you know, very easy to do. And I think someone said on here, you know, that, um, you know, studios are very difficult to build and they are. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it, 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 there is a reason why Satya Nadala himself said for us, it's much easier to go and acquire a studio than build one from scratch. Yep. This is a perfect example of that. Studios are not made. You can't just take a bunch of developers throw them into a mix and expect everyone to agree with everything that's going on. You need people that have worked together for years for something to work. Building a game like we just read in the article is uh, coming from Daryl Gallagher himself is, is difficult. It's not easy and it shouldn't be expected that, Hey, just because we have talent, a B a through Z that it's all going to work together. That's not in fact the case that doesn't happen. It's very much like a ball of clay boom, right? When you're building something with clay, right? You you start off with a big mass of clay, right? You depending on what your vision is, you take bits away and you and you put bits back together, right? And that's pretty much what you know, or how all sort of great studios are built over a period of time. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Listen, folks, we have taken up almost an hour and fifteen of the show on this subject. I think it was a worthy conversation, uh, and I think everyone had incredible points, which is why everyone is on this panel. Boxenberger is not going to be joining us today. He got hung up in meetings, and obviously because of the time change here in the U.S., it has not hit Germany as of yet. Um, so he's a, he's a little behind, so we'll get him back next week for sure. But I do want to move on to another big topic um, and I, 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 I'm actually not surprised uh, at this at all. I don't think anyone in the community, the 300 plus people that we have here, guess what? Microsoft is going to have a big event in June. Holy cow. It's called E3, even though it's not called E3. 
But thanks to our very good friend um, and friend of this channel, friend of the program, and, and, I, I, and I'm happy to announce that uh, this Thursday, I'm going to be sitting down with King David of the Iron Lords podcast on episode number four of X Vlog Live. But I'm also happy to report that I have confirmation from Jeffrey Grub Grub himself. He's going to be sitting down with me live on the air next Wednesday. We're just moving the show a day before, so our schedules could align. From Venture Beat and the best hair in the business, he'll be sitting down with me to specifically talk about E3, what we can expect, and maybe we'll even have some surprising breaking news by then. So this week is King David. Next week is uh, Jeffrey Grub Grub, and I, and, I, and I'm working at the circuit, folks. I'm trying to get Greg Miller on the show. I'm trying to get Young Ye. I want to get Rich Review Tech USA. I threw it out there. I shot my. I, I took my shot, as the kids say. And or, you know, shoot your shot, as the kids say. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to I, I, I even Lamar Wilson. I don't know if anybody watches this stuff. He, that guy is awesome. Um, and uh, and Mighty Keith, if you're not a fan of him, you're doing it wrong. That guy makes incredible parody videos and he is amazing. I'm going to try and get him on the show as well. But again, we're just putting it out to the world eventually. And sometimes the universe does answer back. So we're going to start off with King David, Jeff Grubb, and I have a few others, uh, others lined up uh, to get them in there for this one-on-one -on -one segment that I, I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying. But I do want to bring up, and I specifically bring up Jeff Grubb, because he had some very interesting things to say regarding this June event for Microsoft. And here is the quote from Jeff. He says, um, I'll probably have more to say on this soon, but it's in June, not May. And he's talking about the big event for E3 or where Microsoft is going to have their Bethesda slash Xbox event. And he says this in the continued. Um, they're talking to partners to get big games in there. This is ongoing right now, and it's March. So it's not like they can change the, uh, that train or turn that big ship around. They are headed in that direction, and they're going to do something in that particular time frame. And uh, Pong, I'll start with you, brother. Uh, listen, I don't think anyone here on this panel or anybody here on the on the podcast that's listening in from wherever you're, you happen to be is surprised that there's going to be shows, uh, specifically a big Xbox show. Um, the question that I have for you is last year they put on one of the best shows in potentially generational history. Um, I would dare say that it might be my favorite Xbox show, and they 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 they, they delivered in such a way. It's going to be hard to duplicate, but I would imagine with everything that's coming at the end of the year, because there is quite a bit coming. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, there's no games for Xbox. Folks, we got two games this week that are exclusives. You, you got, um, um, oh, my God, why am I blanking on the name of the Fox? Uh, Tunic, you have Tunic this week. And did anyone see Shredder's? That game looks dope AF. So there are two exclusives coming to the platform. One is in Game Pass, one you're going to have to buy. That's, it's okay to buy games. It, it, it's, it's okay. Um, but at the end of the year, you know, Redfall potentially is getting moved from the summer. I know people are like, oh, the game looks like terrible. Don't go based on compressed Twitter video. The game is going to be amazing. The studio that's making it is amazing, and they've only made amazing games. It's going to be fine. 
Motorsport potentially is going to be announced with a release date this June. We also know that, uh, you know, Deathloop is coming in September. I know that everyone's like, oh, it's an old game. It's not an old game for people on Xbox if you didn't play it. So it's a new game. And, of course, the granddaddy of uh, – and I think that this is where Pong happens to go sick or take an extended leave from his job when Starfield from God Howard comes out. Uh, what are you expecting? How can Microsoft deliver an E3 bigger than last year, Pong? Pretty easy. Uh, they have the content coming up. Uh, that's the whole thing. So if we take Xbox at what they normally do, uh, they use E3 to show stuff that is going to be coming out within the next uh, 12 months or so, right? So they have plenty because next year, I know this year again has started off slow, right? We know that, right? Phil just talked about that over on Xbox era uh, when they talked about, you know, I mean, I'm eating well with Elven ring. I'm just right. Saying. Right. I, I'm eating well too, but I'm just saying from first party standpoint, hey, right, the beginning of the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year hey. has been a little slow once again for Xbox. Um, and everybody's been talking about it, you know, so, but heading into 2023, that's when things should start to change, right? We've got things like avowed that we have not seen anything from. We have things like Compulsion's new game that we have not seen anything about that might be ready to come. We have smaller projects in the works at some of these studios that maybe they're ready to start showing. There are plenty of ways that Microsoft and Xbox can go ahead and compete on the same level uh, as their own show last year, which I think everybody on this panel would agree is probably one of their favorite shows all time, just like you, Boom. Uh, for me, it was for sure. So I think that there is plenty that they have in the works right now to be able to match that. I talked about this when uh, it kind of was maybe E3 is gone. Maybe we don't see E3 come back. Look, with what Xbox has underneath the umbrella, they could do their own E3 show. They could do a week-long show if they really wanted to. Starfield in its own is going to set the tone for that entire presentation. Oh, however, I believe it is. However yeah. they do this, I believe, and this is early prediction, I believe they lead with Starfield. Um, I think Starfield sets the entire stage for whatever they're going to show but i think they lead with starfield now some people say why would you do that i uh, save that for the end look no starfield is its own and you know what there's been rumors it's that a new they ip might... it's, it's a new ip Bethesda. it's a new right. engine it's a, there's a lot to get excited about with this correct game. there's a lot to show there's a lot to do you set the stage you set the hype with starfield todd out there presenting it gameplay for the first time all those people out in this community that have been saying why are you all excited are going to be all hyped for it because they'll <laughs> finally see the genius that is todd howard and his a-team right come back to life again with a brand new ip that we don't get from bethesda very often this is two over two decades in the making specifically with starfield so i think you lead with that and then you just Run right into all the rest. Again, an avowed showing would be huge. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be ready to show Fable uh, at all because I know that Phil and his team don't like to show things. They they want to show one CG trailer and then from there on out it's gameplay. So I don't know if we'll see Fable this year. But hey, maybe Fable is ready to give us a glimpse. Um, I just don't think so. But I think Avowed for sure shows up there. Obviously, you're going to have a big blowout on Redfall as well at some yeah. point here. And again, we've seen some leaks. 
uh, you know, from screenshots that were old uh, builds from last year at some point, supposedly. Look, to me, they look freaking fantastic. I can't I wait agree. To see more. It's a looter shooter. I can't from Arcane. Are you kidding me? This is going to be fantastic. So we're going to see a lot of Redfall as well. And then all the stuff that we don't know about that's been going on in the background. There's been a lot, I think, that has been under the cover of darkness, uh, that deals being done in dark alleyways. Uh, we are seeing we are seeing the emergence of more uh, Japanese and Eastern style games uh, just showing up. Now, no, none of the ones that we've seen so far have been you know, those big home runs, like the final fantasies, that kind of stuff that we that we all are looking forward to. But we've seen a lot of movement recently, a lot of little games, a lot of fan favorites showing up like Danganronpa and stuff like that, that maybe not everybody's aware of. So I think that there has been some more dealings going on. Phil has been over in Japan a lot. Sarah Bond's been over in Japan a lot. So could you just imagine the one more thing at the end yep. is is the is the next um Oh my God! Why am I blind? Persona and it's exclusive yeah. to Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Even that even would if it really bring down the house, it would. Even if it's not the next, even if we open up the Atlas catalog and they just say Persona Five Royale is finally coming, that would be a huge drop for us uh, that are looking forward to those games. But there's been a lot of third party stuff as well. We know that. Hey, you know. We've, we've still got Avalanche and Contraband, right? And that was announced last year. That's been in the works for some time. That could, Maybe that, that could be get another to glimpse of that. than a lot of people think. Yeah, Exactly. So, again, we're just talking about what – if you just look at totality, the totality of what Xbox has to bring – their E3s from here on out are going to be again. We're not bonkers, yeah. We're, again, bonkers. we're not even talking about when Activision Blizzard gets, which gets gets implemented into this whole thing. Once that happens, we're talking about for the next five years, we got nothing to worry about on E3s because there's going to be constant content coming our way. Phil talked about it on the Xbox era. Again, yeah. they just had them for a short period of time and they asked them some basic questions because, of course, you're not allowed to really get in on Phil when you got them on your show. But Phil kind of expounded upon that and said, no, we understand there's work to be done. We're not happy, you know, with where we're at. You can't say that we have too many games because we are not at the spot where we're releasing on a regular basis where there's always something for people to be talking about. That was like, oh, again, not quoting directly, but that's what Phil said is that he, he wants to get to that point and they're getting to that point. So yeah, no problems here. I think they're going to blow this E3 or whatever it's going to be, whether it's their own showcase, whatever. I think they're going to blow it out of the water. I think we could all expect something very similar to last year. I think we're going to be uh, blown away yet again. Again, Starfield. I know I'm I'm not alone here, but I also know Starfield isn't going to be for everybody. But for Starfield alone is going to carry the show, whatever it is. Uh, and then if they could throw in a Forza in there as well, um, you know, something like that, along with a Redfall, and then you know maybe an Avowed showing and a Contraband showing, and then you throw in all the third party stuff in there as well. That's a huge win right there. That's yeah. going to be another epic show for us to enjoy. So I can't wait. I'm looking forward. I mean, you also got to remember they're going to bring in some uh, potential third party deals. Yeah. 
Yeah, when's, the, when's some, the Kojima's deals finally done, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're gonna bring it, they're gonna bring in some indie stuff that is exclusive to yep. Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. Yep. It, I have a feeling, I'm I'm very I have I'm very hopeful and excited to see what they bring at this year's E3, and I I, I think there is a good shot based on what you were saying. Uh, that they could actually top last year, and I think it's because they have so much in the works that it's yep. it's literally just ba- just just based on numbers alone, you can just anticipate that it's going to be a killer show. Uh, Mav, look at your opinion on his brother. You know, Jeff Grubb, the guy knows his stuff, man. He really does. And obviously, uh, a June show, really, really not that big of a surprise. But the question that I have for you is, can Microsoft bring it? to um, deliver a show bigger than last year, which we all know last year's show was epic. I think every year for the next several years is going to be bigger than the last year. Great because point. That we keep getting new game announcements, plus also all of these games that we've already known about are not released yet. Yeah. So therefore, it just keeps compounding upon itself where we we need to see more of these things. Like we like Fong was saying, we need to see more we need to see Fable. We need to see perfect, more perfect dark. We need to see uh, more. We need to see whatever wild is going to be. We need to see more of everything, right? Um, because there's got a lot of stuff announced. Avowed, you know, uh, we're for sure going to see probably, like you said, Starfield and Redfall this year. And I'm hoping maybe Forza Motorsport. But the, the, those are like kind of almost the givens, you know. Yeah. And even if those are the givens, that's a lot for any publisher to have at a big show. So you, then you move past that, and it's like, okay, we have all of these other games releasing within the next two or three years. We got to find ways to show them. Big stage is where they're going to do it. And then you put all these givens, you put all of these things that we know are in development that have been announced. They got to show them at some point. Then you start adding in, oh, wait, they still got a lot of new games to announce officially as well that we know are in development because they've actually said that there's projects in the works, but they just haven't actually made it. They supposedly have 50 projects at, at the, uh, between the, 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 the studios yeah. that they currently have. 50. 50 games. So you're talking about another game from City, and you're talking about In Exiles games, you're talking about Compulsions game, you're talking about these uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Xbox game publishing games, like the deal supposedly they have with uh, um, IO Interactive. The deal they supposedly have with certain Infinity, Avalanche, you know, um, yeah, all of these, all of these things. We're going to get announcements, and that's so these these shows are always great for me for the one main reason is new game announcements. New game announcements get me hyped more than anything else because it gives me something else to be excited for. I'm already over the moon excited over everything that they have in store for us over the next five years that we know where we're all getting in a game pass service where we get to only pay a fee. And I got to have to buy all this stuff. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. All these studios, all these projects, all of these, all these games coming and we don't got to spend more than $15 a month if, or yep. more than 10. If, if that's, if that's your bag, but it's just, it's just insane. All of this stuff coming. So, is it going to be bigger? Yeah, it just because that's just where the numbers work out. Unless, like, the one thing that some people were saying, like, what if they did started doing quarterly shows, right? And for me, that's like if it if that had an impact on their ability to have a big show in the summer, then I wouldn't want that, right? Now I think you could do both, but I think what they're probably going to do, and which is kind of what they did last year, they're going to use. Uh, E3, or non-E3, but summer, summer game showcase, whatever the heck you want to call it. 
and have a massive blowout. You're going to have a, a couple things that like games come, and then you're going to have a couple things at the Game Awards, right? And it worked well for them because all of this stuff everybody's been saying the, the last six months, oh, the Xbox needs to show us something. I'm bored. You know, Xbox needs to show us something. Where's all the games at? You know, once once this E3 show happens, oh, sorry again, not E3. Once the summer game show happens, nobody's going to be talking about the last six months. We're going to be like, oh, my God, all this, oh, it's crazy. Remember our reactions last year when a lot of us considered it maybe the best E3 showing of Ever. all time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to, this is probably going to be better this year and better next year. Just get well, ready I think it's, it. I think you're onto something because a lot of the games that we haven't seen have had three and four year development cycles. Yep. So something like Project Mara, even though it's a small, it's a smaller project and being done by a smaller team, that 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 that's supposed to release before Hellblade, from what we understand. That's a yeah, horror title. How about uh, Indiana we, Jones? Ah, yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, dude. I mean, that they've been working on that for a for a minute. I mean, Wolfenstein Three uh, is 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 something that uh, Boxenberger believes is is potentially done, or you know, so we don't know there. It's 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 going to be a great a great time what to be in that Wu Tang Clan fighting game. Yeah, you know? like I mean, uh-huh. all all of these all of these things, man. There's like so much stuff out there, and it's absolutely mind blowing when you actually break it all down and look at a list. And I've done this on the show before where I just went down and I named everything, right, that they've had. And that, that was after that had come out, I realized I missed some things even when I ran down those lists. It's like people should not be, like, raising doom and gloom over things, like, with Xbox. Now, there's always room for concern over certain things. Should they be doing this differently? Should they be doing this differently, nitpicky things? But, like, the amount of content we're going to get over the next several years is not questioned. Yeah, right, you cannot question that, and they got to find a time to show it, and they got to find a time to keep us updated. And the fact that we haven't been getting that all of these things over the last several months, the fact that we haven't been getting all these updates, all these game trailers, and all these different things over the last several months, tells me that this this thing's going to be massive this summer. Yeah, so I no, I, I I absolutely agree. First of all, uh, Boxenberger, I didn't think we were going to get you back <laughs> this week. I had said, oh, yeah, yeah. what's up, brother? Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm so sorry that I'm so late to the show. Um, You know, the first problem was that uh, here in Germany, we haven't turned the clocks yet. We do that in two weeks. So the show starts an hour earlier for me than usual. And that's when I'm still at work and my work was a little bit longer than expected. And that's why I'm a little late. And I already have to leave um, uh, really uh, in 25 minutes because then the next work meeting is going to start. Yes, I didn't have the... The window prepared. I didn't know that you guys turned the clocks already. So yeah, it's all right. apologies you know for that. Now that's quite. Listen, real life, brother. This is just a silly podcast. We're happy to have you. Listen, normally I would go to Joanna and VJ, but because we we have you on limited time, let's get your opinion on this. Obviously, you've been okay. very upfront uh, with your some of your videos of your expectations for uh, you know Microsoft's game show that's happening this summer. Uh, we have there were some talks. Uh, you know, special Nick, good friend of this program as well, Xbox Era, said that he had heard that there was going to be, uh, you know, potentially an April and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, a May and a September show. Well, according to Jeff, who, uh, who who just clarified that there is something happening in June. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't want Microsoft to have three shows. Of course I would. But the big <laughs> show is going to happen in June. 
based yeah. on everyone's opinion from this panel, we all loved what they brought last year. Everyone thought they literally brought down the house. For you, do you expect Microsoft to outdo themselves from last year with this year's game show? Oh, absolutely. Um, like Mav said, um, he phrased it beautifully. Every show uh, in the next years will top the one from the last year. Uh, Microsoft has such an incredible game roadmap ahead that it, it will be hard for them to not have an awesome show, um, yeah. to be honest. Um, there are so many um, already super big announced games. Uh, we have like 20 announced um, games that... Uh, are on a triple A level quality. We have dozens of, of smaller double A uh, games that are either rumored or announced that are coming. And um, that's just the stuff we know about. And um, with, of course, the Act uh, Activision Blizzard um, acquisition, this is going to change even more. You mentioned the 50 games uh, that they will have after after uh, after Active Blizzard goes official. So there is, is really a lot of stuff coming. But for this year particularly, I'm, I think uh, that, um, and I know that, that I said the, say this every year, <laughs> but I, I truly think that this year it will actually happen. Microsoft has the courage to show gameplay. This is what they lacked in the, in the previous showcases. Uh, it's all been CGI and there have been a ton of great announcements, um, of great games, but it's all been CGI. Now the games have been in development for a long time. Some of these games have been uh, five plus years now in development. And so I truly think that some of them will be ready to show, uh, to be shown with uh, actual in game footage. Um, obviously, the big ones are going to be Starfield and it's going to be Forza and Redfall. Um, we will see uh, something there. But I also think that Fable has been long enough in development. It's yep. more than five years now. Um, Avowed is also five, around five years uh, in development. Um, that's a good possibility. <clears throat> There's, uh, of course, uh, other stuff from the Bethesda studios. You mentioned Wolfenstein, yeah? Uh, that studio um, has been quiet for more than five years now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see something there. Um, then we have, of course, uh, Compulsion, who have also been working on their game for five years. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's really... Re uh, uh, insane if you think about it that we have been waiting so long xbox fans have been waiting so long and we all knew in 2018 that with the acquisitions of all these studios a lot of stuff is coming but we all knew it's it's years and years ahead and now we are years and years uh, into that future and and it's time for those games to be shown and i'm i'm sure of it that microsoft will show a couple of of great looking games uh, outside of the ones we all know about starfield forza and, and um, redfall yeah. uh, the other thing that i think that microsoft will also use this year of uh, e3 stage uh, for is to show off some of these third-party Game Pass deals. We already know about games like A Blake Tale, uh, Requiem coming day one to Game Pass, but I would be really surprised if they didn't announce this year's Call of Duty as a day one launch. Um, and uh, maybe they should even that show... That would be kind of dope, dude. Like, I, that's... That would be big. I, yeah, I, I would... I would Honestly, I would be surprised if that doesn't, doesn't happen. Um also, they will announce, of course, a lot of Activision Blizzard games coming to Game Pass, uh, the ones that are already out. And I I also think um, we will see, uh, hopefully see uh, something like, uh, for instance, a Diablo and, or, or an Overwatch uh, at the show. Um, those games have also been announced uh, 
years ago um and 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 they have been for a long time in development i i i could see all that happen now will that everything that i just mentioned happen no not of course but if only 50 percent of of the stuff i mentioned happens it will already be an that's a killer show in my opinion killer show. so yeah it's gonna be exciting um definitely and come on it's it's three more months um i know the discussion is out there and i've been very vocal about that microsoft needs that state of play kind of event and um yeah i agree uh, i i i stand by that statement i think they do need that um because an e3 show is not the perfect uh, time to show 20 minute uh, gameplay of of um starfield that's yep. really not not the best stage um for that and um, but to introduce a game like a Starfield or like a Redfall uh, properly, you kind of need to give those developers 10, 15, 20 minutes to explain their games. And so um, I truly hope that they are actually listening. We know usually the Xbox uh, executives do listen to the community. And this has been the dominating discussion point for at least a month now in the, in the Xbox community that Xbox needs this kind of um, showcase. And I think well, they, that they, they might. They, what, didn't they, aren't they looking for someone right currently right now? Yeah. But that's in? probably a 2022 uh, three thing. Then um, if you hire someone now to, to, bring that program into into place. Um, I think they will do something else. They had last year um, already that um, post-show event that Paris Lily... Um, Which was covered. fantastic. I it was probably at, at least... Yeah. At this, I, I personally loved that event just as much as the, the big show, um, to be honest, because it was what I liked. They had... They have shown Hellblade 2. They had the developers on there. And um, Karim Antoniadis was on there talking a little bit about their ambition and where they added the project. And then they showed little teaser snippets of, of gameplay. I love that stuff. And I think um, that my, my since Microsoft has that format already kind of in place, they will leverage that um, to properly show off uh, extended gameplay for Starfield. And uh, during the actual showcase, we will just get a, a trailer probably in-engine introducing the a bit of the story and a bit of the universe and then they will say okay we have next week uh, the the post show event or whatever and there they will have these extended looks into the gameplay and maybe they uh, they hear the community and split that show up into multiple events and and have a little bit better um um, what enthusiasm uh, across the, the months uh, past E3. Uh, but I would be really surprised if Microsoft doesn't listen uh, to what the community is demanding. And I don't think that they wait till 2023 to introduce uh, such a format. That um, would be yeah. too, just way too long. I, I would love to see uh, very, very, very similar to what's happening this Thursday with uh, Hogwarts. Like, yes, yeah, something like that. Exactly. You know, and give that spotlight game, to 20 minutes. You yeah. get in, you get out, and then the, and then the people talk about it afterwards. I, I would love to see that with Avowed. I'd love to see that with Fable. Yeah. I would love to maybe, see that. Maybe that's the May show that Special Nick's talking about. Maybe Starfield it could very gets its well own. Be. Maybe Starfield yeah. gets its own showcase, well, right? You know, during that yeah. interview at Xbox Era, Pong, uh, Phil Spencer specifically mentioned um, Stay of the K3. And he, yep, loves, he loves what they're doing with the, you know, what they're doing over there. I have a strong suspicion that that game, I, I'm not saying it's releasing this year. It's not going to release this year, but I have a strong suspicion that game is coming next year for sure. Uh, yeah, and maybe we see that in quarter. there too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I, again, I think what they need to do is listen, 
you can you can there there are going to be people that say, oh, I don't want them to do what Sony's doing, and, and I would tell you that you're straight up wrong for that because what Sony's doing is you know they've been doing for quite some time and 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 it's been proven successful um you know we we as as content creators love the idea that microsoft could potentially have multiple shows per year and i think that would be awesome i think that would be uh something that we would all want but i think more so for the uh the the sake of giving their games the proper time to get people to get excited about you you need those intimate smaller uh shows that are like 20 minutes long like 30 minutes long i mean i don't know what anyone i mean i know we we this this breaking news with crystal dynamics and, and the initiative took up one of the topics that we were going to talk about but the the twitch show that's supposed to happen the indies that they have shown i'm excited for every one of them but I got news for you folks. If it's anything like it was last year, it's going to be a <laughs> yawn fest. That was a, oh, I, try, yeah. I tried to stream that, not realizing it was a four hour show. And after two and a half hours, I tapped out. Uh, I was um, with you on that. It was awful. Yeah. But I, I could see that what we also do, uh, shouldn't forget Xbox has uh, put in place last year and they said they will do that this year again. A, a dedicated showcase for um, uh, accessibility. Uh, yes, um, that was a great topics. show. That was an amazing show. And we don't know when that will return. Term. That could also be one of the uh, May or September events that have been mentioned. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a big uh, game event. Uh, but th I think um, it is safe to say that they have more than just E3 this year. Yeah, they have um, the indie game showcase as well. The right? indie games yeah. showcase. They will probably have also. Well, we don't know whether Activ the Activision Blizzard deal will close this year, um, but they will have an event then. There's there's so much going on at, at Team Xbox. Um, they just need to get uh, their their communication in place yeah, that they communicate on a, a more frequent cadence uh, with the community. That's that's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, listen, brother, thank you for joining us, even if it was for a few minutes. Yeah. We, we, we <laughs> miss sorry. you here. We'll hopefully get you back next week for sure. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let, let, let's bring in Mr. Joanna Dark. Mr. Joanna Dark, obviously, uh, the talk of the the the, the, the topic of uh, of conversation is their summer event, which is you know we, we keep calling it E three. It's not E three because E three is dead. But you know they're still going to have their their summer showcase or their Xbox Bethesda showcase. Um, I, I can't wait to see what they bring to the table. Uh, coming off of last year's incredible success, how big do you think that they, br that, that, that they bring this show? Uh, 90 minutes. Uh, I mean, obviously, Starfield's going to lead. Starfield and potentially Redfall are the two games releasing from Bethesda this year. Obviously, that's probably going to lead the conversation. But do you, do you expect some big surprises? I mean, I, I hope there's some surprises. I mean, I, I still would be satisfied just seeing, you know, Starfield or, you know, seeing more uh, or finally seeing Redfall. Um, I think one of the, you know, I was watching that uh, Xbox era interview, you know, uh, podcast with Phil Spencer. And, you know, he acknowledged the fact that at the moment there was, you know, nothing to show. They didn't have a, a game for, you know, certain quarter. This quarter. Yeah, he specifically yeah. said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I think when, you know, when we showed Halo Infinite the first time, right? Uh, a lot of people criticized that, you know, why, how did they let this game, you know, you know, be shown in this state? So I think taking a, a, a more cautionary approach as well, because yes, you know, uh, we all want to see what's coming 
to Xbox. You know, we all have, you know, who doesn't want to see new games, right? But I also think if they're not ready, I'd rather show them in a good state where they can really shine and, you know, make sure that we're not having another, you know, Halo Infinite incident. Yep. Um, you know, one of the things I take keen, you know, just like Phil Shelf, and, you know, and this is not, I have no information on this, you know, when he points things out, you know, I'm excited. Could we see, you know, an update to State of Decay 3? Um, that would be nice. Maybe they have a vertical slice that we can kind of, you know, see what's coming and what, you know, Undead Labs has been kind of cooking up with this with this uh, series. As he mentioned, you know, they they when they first pitched, you know, State of Decay, it was supposed to be in, I think, three or four phases. And hopefully we finally get to see the so, you know, with with the backing of Microsoft and with the resources, you know, the next evolution of the series, which we all want to see. Uh and with Star, uh, Starfield, of course, I think will take most of the time. I don't think you need to make the show longer. I mean, if you have more things that you want to show that are kind of close, sure. But I would I would be happy seeing, you know, a nice in-depth look of, of Starfield, which is going to be your big game. Then, you know, will we finally get a, a look at Forza that's supposed to supposedly come out, Forza Motorsport 8? Um, and then right there, you have your titles. You have Forza Motorsport 8, you have, you know, Redfall, and you have, of course, Starfield. And Deathloop um, too, yeah. And and Deathloop coming, you know, it was a surprise. It would be a nice thing to see something maybe that we weren't expecting on Game Pass maybe come on the show. That would be nice. Um, but again, uh, I I just I rather see things when they're ready to show in a good state. Do I like teasers? Sure. Then if you're going to give me some type of teaser on something that may be a little bit far out, or maybe not ready, just give me that CG trailer to kind of get me hype. Or, you know, give me something like a little bit of an update that you can show me. You know, one of the things that I, I've liked so far is, even though they haven't shown much, is kind of the update they've done with um, Dead Space. Yes. And kind of showing me things. So, you know, maybe we can get something like what they're doing. We kind of talked about it right now, like like Hogwarts Legacy. Hey, you know, here's an upcoming game. This is where we're at. This might be coming in, you know, 2023 as an example. Um, and give us a nice little, you know, snippet or, or feel of what's coming out. But like I said... Uh, I'm excited to see what's going on. Um, hopefully, there's something more before E3, something that we may not know, and and that'll be a good thing too to kind of you know give us something to get us hype going into you know not E3 in June. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, great, great point. Listen, VJ, close out the topic with your opinion on this. For you, uh, as someone that really enjoyed last year's uh, E3, what are your expectations mm-hmm. for E for Microsoft's uh, you know game showcase? I'll keep it really short because um, I know times of time is of the essence. Um, I think this E3 ought to be excellent. Um, simply no real excuses. I think Mav, Mav made a really good point there. Um, and Sony, especially if you look at Sony and Nintendo, if they plan to attend alongside Xbox in whatever guise they, they deem as sensible, they're going to be strong in terms of presentations and how it serves their business models. And, a reason Xbox fans look across, and I would say over many years, um, and compare or even complain or groan about PlayStation Nintendo is a lot to do with Xbox themselves falling short of the mark or flattering to deceive, shall we say. And uh, and I say they sometimes do it, you know, they, I'd say that they tragically impede themselves and they have done so for many years. And But last year, um, as you know, boom, I gave that show a 10 out of 10 um, and uh, they countered the trend. And I think they must maintain that, right? It's not about if, should, could, or this games that, that they, they've had more than enough time to plan for this year and they know how important it is. And um, 
if you look at Xbox's Game Pass, um, it's backed by many, many studios, right? And they all vary in size, shape, quality, and the types of studios and backgrounds, right? And it's what differentiates Xbox from Nintendo and Sony's somewhat, uh, I'm kind of being a bit crass here, but let's just say formulaic, but very successful game development and overall business model of selling hardware tied with first-party content. The beauty of Xbox for me is that Game, po game Pass um, continues to be uh, greater than the, than the sum of its parts. And I know that Pong said something about this quarter being a bit slow, this year being a bit slow, but I'd counter that saying that I think Xbox has listened to uh, some of the criticism from last year where I heavily criticized MLB uh, last year and the medium, even though the, the, the first, the, the latter game I completed. And I think that with Guardians of the Galaxy arriving, and again, this is an inwardly looking perspective, right? Or very, very selfish, of course, right? Because we're all gamers and we'll have our own choices. I think they've improved on that. I think this quarter's been decent, right? And uh, let's be honest, I mean, Halo I mean, kind of launched at the end of December. So yeah, it kind of would have bled into, into this quarter anyway. So, so yeah, I don't want to be too critical on that. I think they've actually listened to the criticism and they're doing a good job. So and as I say, Game Pass continues to be greater than the sum of its parts because of variety, because of diversity. Yep. And what does that bring? What does that bring? That brings inclusiveness, right? Inclusivity, right? And I, and I look, I have three key titles, right? Uh, cornerstone pillars or big hitters on my list for E3, and I'm going to stay consistent. And I think that help establish Xbox goals over the next five to ten years. Um, <clears throat> Not that the games will be, you know, for the next five to ten years, but heading towards what their goal is, you know, of achieving 100 or 200 million subscribers. And they are Fable, Starfield, Unavowed, and Outer Worlds 2. Uh, that's four. Sorry, I'm being naughty and avaricious. That's, that's <laughs> <bad>. um, <laughs> and, and the rest of the games, <clears throat> I know very little of. I should watch more of Box and Bears videos. But, um, yeah, um, I'm, <clears throat> I know. Always recommended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you, you, you shamelessly plug away sir anyway so i know I, I, the reason why i mentioned those because i'm not as well versed um or you know in terms of what the other games are or what they're what they're about to do but what i would say is that they further endow uh greatly or greatly endow game pass since as as uh, mav pointed out right quality the, the quantity is there but obviously the question mark and why we want these shows is to see is the creativity and is the quality there and how will it be demonstrated, right? So we can get excited about it. And I totally get that cycle, right? And it's absolutely fine. But for me, boom, when I walk away from this show from E3, I want to see Game Pass, which is uh, the main business pillar of Xbox, being a clear winner of the show. Uh, in terms of what I said to you, a variety, diversity, inclusivity, if they want to reach 100 or 200 million um, subscribers worldwide. And and for me, that's what is first and foremost uh, uh, of critical importance. Uh, and again, this is just for me, right? Because as I say, that's the primary goal of the Xbox division. And I think I've gone off topic again, Boom. But no, anyway, that's all right. Listen, that's, it's yeah. perfectly fine. I mean, listen, you have high expectations. You <laughs> did give... Uh, E3 last year, a 10 out of 10, a well-deserved 10 out of 10. I don't think they could have had a better show. And I said this, I thought it was the best, the best Xbox show they've ever put on. Like in the in the history of the company, it's mm -hmm. it's it's going to be hard to match, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I, and quite frankly, folks, I think they can match it because they have so many games in development that there's no reason not 
to hit the mark. And, and, and I agree with Matt. I, I think he's onto something. I think the next five years is going to be absolutely bonkers great for Xbox. We're going to be eating good. And, and what's even more interesting to your point, VJ, is that every one of these games are going to be in Game Pass day and date, yep. which is still it, it, when you sit back in your chair and you look at how expensive gaming has become, how expensive it is to make a game. It is pretty incredible that as gamers, we have an outlet like Xbox Game Pass that allows everyone to be a part of the conversation. I don't think we talk about that enough because the world that's currently you know, circling the sun and the moon is a world that's built on, unfortunately, in the last two years, chaos and uncertainty. And in that uncertainty, a lot of people have lost ways to feed their families, but they still want to have enjoyment. And enjoyment mm-hmm. in some aspects, if you're a PlayStation gamer, will cost you $76.43 for a game here in New York. Whereas you can look at Microsoft and you can say, well, I can pay my $15 and I am in that conversation, even though I don't have a lot of money for gaming because I have to send my kids to school. I have to pay Con Ed. I have to pay the cable. So I have Internet. These are the things that that become a non-issue by paying your $15 a month. And, and all of these games, the 50 plus games that are in development, folks, are all coming into Xbox Game yeah. Pass. And boom, sorry, I was just going to say to Mav's point, right? So the sheer, even if it's a decent show, right? The sheer volume of content, you're un, even if you want to play those, ga- play those games, you are not going to be able to consume them unless you don't sleep. That That is true, unless you are an absolute robot. But listen, folks, that is our two-hour new episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. Of course, I want to thank Boxenberger for jumping in here while he had some time before his next meeting. Of course, I want to thank OBM from the Xbox era for jumping in on the front end of the program to talk about the new the new article from VGC regarding, of course, the ongoings at the initiative and what's happening with Crystal Dynamics taking over the lead. I want to thank my panel members and the 300 plus people that were here. A couple of super chats to grab real quick. Eagles fan 76, and he makes a comment. He says this after dropping a $2 super chat. Console war. So Crunch is good now on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that people were saying that Microsoft needs to make these <laughs> studios crunch, which if you if you're saying that, I'm going to say something harsh and you can unsub me. That's fine. You're a moron. You are a stupid person to suggest that they should make people have to work 18 hour days to get out of a game that you're that you're that you're probably not going to play or buy. Don't don't be these knuckleheads, please. Um, we also had another super chat come in. Let me see. Uh, if I could find it before we get everyone out of here, we do everyone's outros. Uh, TJ, that, wow, thanks uh, for the additional super chat of $2. He says, what about State of Decay 3? I think we see it this year. And I'm going to say something that's probably unpopular. Um, I hope that they understand that the game, as great as it is in a multiplayer setting, deserves its own story-driven narrative. I would love to see us be able to take on a character, particularly that female character that we saw in the trailer and, 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 and live her story. Uh, I would love, I mean, I, 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 I put 60 hours into Data K2, quite enjoyed it, but I like single player stuff, man. And I would love to see single player come to Stage of K3 uh, while still maintaining its multiplayer 
format, uh, offering both sides of the coin, so to speak. But Pong, let's get you on out of here. Um, obviously, this past Saturday, you were not, uh, you guys didn't have a living split screen. It was uh, the Mrs., not your Mrs., uh, it was uh, Steel Rain's uh, wife's birthday, yep. which, of course, big happy birthday, but belated birthday to her. Hopefully, they enjoyed themselves taking the day off. Please, by all means, sell your brand. Tell everyone where they can find you on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And more importantly, what other shows you were a part of and where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Absolutely. But what, man, it's been great to get back with the brothers. Yes. Talking video games has been too long. I missed you all. Uh, chat missed all of you as well. Of course, thank you for coming out and seeing us as you always do. Uh, but I have missed you all. Last week was a strange week. I only had one show last week. Um, so again, uh, real life comes first. So that's that's how it works. We all have things going on, but I appreciate being here today and everybody showing up. It was great to have one bad mother on here as well. Uh, always love his thoughts on these topics. So, man, what a great, great show. Uh, but uh, you guys can find me, Pong Soul, on Xbox, on Twitter. You know the drill there. Uh, coming up this week, uh, again, if real life doesn't get in the way, and obviously Mav uh, has his stuff going on as well, we will be back for PM in the PM on Thursday. Uh, that's right, over on Fun Speculations channel, Pong and Mav in the PM, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. It's going to be a great show. we got a lot to cover. Uh, obviously, two weeks' worth of stuff to go through, but uh, yeah. we'll see which ones we pick out. So it's going to be and a great conversation. And we're still yeah. playing Elden Ring Game of the Year. That's correct. That's correct. When, when I have my opportunities, Elden Ring is still there, and I'm plugging away at that as well. We're all just tarnished. Uh, that's all we are right now. So, but uh, PM in the PM, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Friday night, hopefully Xbox Ultimate back on this week over on Fun Speculations channel, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. You know we're going to have a good time. Uh, the family has uh, obviously not seen each other in a while. So, man, we don't know what's going to happen there on Friday night. So, please check us out there. Otherwise, Living Split Screen will be back this week. Uh, real life you know, willing, uh, we will be back for sure. Uh, and you know, steel and I three plus hours. That's right. My brother from another steel right, rain and I, we are going to have a lot to talk about, uh, two weeks of coverage, man, who knows what's going to happen there as well. 10 AM Eastern nine o'clock central time in the morning. So set those alarms 3 PM UK time living split screen Saturday mornings, live raw and uncut as steel says, that's going to be your Saturday morning wake up call so join us there saturday nights the shop podcast with ptk blam that's right over on ptk blam's channel the shop we always have a good time myself fuzzy belvedere uh and uh whoever ptk has as a guest please join us on saturday night 9 p.m or excuse me 8 p.m eastern seven o'clock central time otherwise it is the golden age of gaming people just get out here and enjoy the content always have discussions we can always have a good time but at the end of the day we are all having more games to play than we even know what to do with at this point which is a good good thing so play what you love love what you play and i'll talk to you all real soon so much for that brother uh uh Mav, what's going on welcome back you know welcome to obviously <laughs> back to podcasting because you know real world real life sucks sometimes you can't have fun yeah but you are back this week. I can't wait to see what you guys talk about in PM and the PM. But by all means, sell your brand. Tell everyone about the Fun Speculation channel on YouTube. And also, where can people reach out to you on social media? 
I'll tell you what, come hell or high water, we're having our shows this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sick of this. Yeah, no, it's good to be uh, back here on a podcast talking games. Um, re- yeah, real life gets in the way sometimes. And, you know, it's going to be crazy busy around here uh, for the time being. It's going to cut into my gaming time more than anything. So with well, that's what really sucks. But, man, I, I love sitting down here talking with all of you guys. It's been a blast today. This was a great show, Boom. Um, but if Thank anybody you. wants to check out our shows that are going to be back this week, come on over to Fun Speculation on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, at Fun Speculation, where you can find all the notifications and uh, updates on when we go live for either game streams or multiple shows like Boom. Try and uh, cover the gamut here. You know, we got uh, Wednesday is Fun Pop, where we talk about movies. We got to give our Batman reviews still. And uh, Spider-Man released on digital today, as a matter of fact. No Way Home, available on Google Play and all your favorite streaming places. Nice. And... Thursday, uh, PM, like Pong said, PM and the PM. We're going to deep dive on some stuff. we got a lot to catch up on. Friday, the family will be back on Xbox Ultimate and Saturday FSP. So I hope to see you guys there. And thank you all for tuning into this show because this was a blast. Love it. Yeah, thanks so much for being here, brother. And Mr. Joanna Dark, by all means, brother, sell your brand. Tell them about Xbox International. Tell them about the Nickel Podcast. And where could people reach out to you and strike up? A conversation on social media. Yeah, we, give me a second. I was just writing all the podcasts that Punk Souls on, so I can make sure that I never miss them. But it's great to see him back. <laughs> just Punk, tattoo those on your arm. Yeah, it'll be a lot easier. It, <laughs> roll up the. T- it's 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 like Game Pass. Punk keeps giving, and I'm just like, man, I need enough hours to listen to Punk, and and you know everywhere he's at. But uh, it's glad to have you back, Punk, um, on the show, um, Mav as well. Uh, missed you guys, so it's it's great that you know we were able to get the band together, even though Boxenberger had to you know leave. Boom. Thank you as well as always. It's no a pleasure. VJ, same thing. Happy to have you on the panel. Always, uh, you know, like listening to your thoughts um, and opinions. But Thank yeah, you. you can find me on Twitter, uh, big underscore N underscore boss. Then, of course, Wednesdays, I'm on the Crazy Lou Gaming Channel with Sour Bro, Crazy Lou, Silent Cypher, and myself on Xbox International. That goes up on uh, Wednesdays at 7. And then on Thursdays, I record with my friend and colleague, uh, Jasmine and Albert on the Nickel Gaming Show, and then the, that recording goes up on Friday evenings around six six thirty. Um, besides that, thank you as always to everyone in the chat who comes in, hangs out with us, and support us. We appreciate it. And you know, gaming is good. I got to get back to Elden Ring. So whoever gets mad at me, hey, I just love Elden Ring. N- nothing wrong with that, brother. I'm I'm literally gonna hang up this podcast, download it, put it up for everyone to check out, and I'm gonna bounce right over the Elden Ring. But last and no way least, VJ, once again, man, for for delivering. Uh, with your th- thoughts and theories uh, and uh, v- very proper opinions. Tell everyone, what are the podcasts you're on and where can people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Uh, thanks, Boom. Um, I don't make content or converse much on Twitter, so I would uh, recommend everyone in the uh, in the chat to follow these wonderful uh, panel members. And um, actually, I just really just appear on Shows Boom. So actually, I might be on tomorrow's Midweek Gaming with Stubbs, Animated Evil, Cerebral Pool. Um, nice and uh, removable sanity and um yeah boom thanks uh, so much for having me a part of this wonderful wonderful show uh, it's always really appreciated and um yeah i hope the panel don't mind too much me me going last and copying all their homework you know <laughs> formulating my opinions on the back of theirs so but it's difficult not to so i uh, just wanted to put that out there thanks boom 
Thank you very much. And of course, a big shout out to all the super chats that came in. Uh, they again power the show. Mrs. Boomstick and I will be making an announcement. We're having an Easter giveaway uh, that we'll be giving the particulars on. Uh, we're putting that together right now, and we do that through the super chat, through the channel membership. Uh, and, and that is what pays for these uh, giveaways. We have quite a few coming this year. The first one of 2022 is going to be for Easter. And like again, we will be breaking that down in the coming weeks before the actual holiday. Of course, I want to say a big shout out to over 300 people that tuned in. Uh, and I put some different footage because I know I was getting some complaints. People were like they were tired of seeing Elden Ring. So here you go. You got the Division 2, which I have a great time playing. And I hope that Ubisoft doesn't take a dump and uh, delivers on a, on a part three. Well, hopefully, anyway, we'll see. Not that free-to-play crap that they, uh, they announced. Homeland doesn't look good. But hopefully, the actual real uh, um, Division 3 will be good. But thanks again for being here. Thank you for supporting Double Barrel Gaming. Don't forget, for the remainder of the week, Thursday, you have a new episode or episode four of X Vlog Live. My guest is going to be King David. We're going to be sitting down and talking about how massive Microsoft has become with their 34 studios, including the Activision Blizzard that's expected to pass later this year, early next year. And, um, of course, Friday mornings, Breakfast with Boom. Uh, tune in 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for that. And I'll close out the show with something, folks, that's important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dear old dad taught us. And it made me not only a better police officer, but a better human being. He said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>